0: Hello and welcome to Conversations with Kari. I'm your host, Kari Filer. In today's episode, I talk with my cousin, Cassie Gardner III. We talk about clinical psychology, Frederick Nietzsche, the play Hamilton, the game Destiny 2, the joys of social gaming, Twitter, Black Twitter, Juneteenth, Critical Race Theory, ADOS, BDOS, Basic Income and Racism Generally, Loki, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and other topics. You might notice a cut around the 2.15 mark and another cut around the 2.22 mark. That's because the conversation got a little bit more personal than I want to put out over the air, but trust no meaningful content was lost. This podcast is supported by a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Kari underscore Filer to support the show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so uh, we are live. Thank you for coming on, Kasi, my beloved cousin. Uh, please introduce yourself to the handful of people that are listening.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Kasi Gardner III. Um, I'm not sure what all you want me to provide, but I'll say, you know, born in Nashville, raised in Chicago, um, went to Fisk University, the historic historically Quebec College. Um, you know, I have a, a master's in clinical psychology. Um, I love all things, you know, video game, comic book movies, sci-fi, um, music, hip-hop, R&B, background, background, I, guess that may sound like I, I, do, I do it, but no, just a fan. Um, you know, um, lover, avid lover of life and, uh, peace and harmony, yeah. I year.
0: did not know you had a masters in clinical yeah. psychology. Yeah, yes I do.
1: Did you are you still pursuing that field in any meaningful way? No, Me- meaningful way no. Mm. I wish that I were uh kind of, but when I say that the reason I say kind of is because it's like when you do that, when you go down that path,
2: mm. your,
1: your options are few. Your options are you either go and become a certified therapist Mm. you go and you pursue a a phd to become a doctor and then kind of the same thing you become a therapist just on a, a, a doctorate level or you um do research. Those are kind of like the, the three biggest options. Obviously, there's always, you know, outliers. Mm. And none of those three really interested me. I was tired of being in school. So I was like, I'm not going to. Like, I would love to be a doctor. You know, I'd love to be Dr. Cassie Gardner. Um, but I was kind of tired of school. So I was like, you know, I've been doing school my whole life. So I was not interested in that. And then I wasn't. I didn't want to do, become a therapist just because I was doing that in my program, my master's program. And it's just very heavy work. It's good work. Uh I am a mental health advocate. I feel like everyone should speak um for you know mental wellness, however you need to do that through professional help or not. Um and research was like absolutely not. I'm not going to go become a professional research person. That's just not my thing at all.
0: Mm. Okay, what made I you get that, the, what made it, you go the, the that degree route? Clinical psychology seems so specific, clinical psychology.
1: Um yeah i would say the short answer of that is at the time i was just working so after i finished my undergrad degree i was working at fisk still and a mentor of mine at the time he suggested he said hey you know i'm pretty sure you don't want to go back to chicago but you know this job probably won't last forever you know just kind of like doing like a resident life thing in the dorm um and so he said, you know, I think you should, since you work here and you have your background in psychology, you should do the psych program because he had also done the master psych program. He was mm-hmm. like, we have general, we have clinical, clinical will actually get you experience doing therapy if you're interested in that. And so it was, it was really sort of a, I didn't seek it out. It kind of sought me out type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's how it happened. That's how it happened. Um, it just kind of, hey you know, it just kind of fell into my lap, so to speak. What do you remember from that degree? What do you carry with you? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um What do I carry with me? It gave me a lot of interpersonal skills. This mm. is the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm like what am I looking for? It gave me a lot of people skills on a more you know you know how people say you know you have to have people skills
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, but those are the normally when people say that they're referring to the type of people skills that you, you kind of just develop over time this was a very much sort of people skills to develop how to help people sort of unpack things you know, normally people skills, you refer. I would, I would say you, you were, you know, you can chime in here. I would say generally speaking, people skills are like, can you, can you walk in and work a room? Right.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I would think of people, I would think of people skills two ways. The first way would be, can I get along with people? I would say that's the, when you're talking about people skills, you know, how many different people, no matter how much they irritate you, can you get along with such that they think you're kind of a nice person, right? Yeah. Versus, mm-hmm. so that'd be the kind of the lower entry level version of people skills. Then the higher level would be how many people can you bend to your will and have them think it was their idea. Uh, you know, the ultimate people skill person can have an army of people doing their bidding that, and they're doing it willingly.
1: Yes. I, that that's an extreme, <laughs> that's an extreme version, but yes, I, I, I tend to agree with you in that sense. Um, so, the grad school, back to your question of what do I take with me, mm. I think that I have I, I try to carry with me a greater a deeper sense of skills that help me really figure out how and why people tick more so than just like I don't want to say manipulating them, but you know what I mean. Having having influence over them. Mm. I think mm. is sort of is sort of the general the general purpose. But with the training of grad school of clinical psych is you know, how and why people tick, why they do the, what they do, um, and taking the time to uncover that. It's not like an instant, I, you know, I'm not Charles Xavier, I can't read people's minds, but when you spend enough time with people, you sort of kind of decode them in your mind, so to speak.
0: You use your skills for understanding more so than influencing.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Not- so I would say that's what thats what I take with me now. thats That's pretty much it. What do you
0: remember – what are what are some texts, some authors, some thinkers that you came across during your degree that you – that made an impression on you?
2: Mm,
1: that's a great question. Um, that's a great question. I will say this. On the grad school level, at least in my particular program, it was actually, believe it or not, it was less – uh, you know, Carl Jung, Freudian type stuff, hmm. right? Like kind of that's like more of like the undergrad degree when you're kind of learning about like the foundations of the field of psychology. Hmm. Um, it was less of that. It was less of authors and stuff and more so, not to say completely void of it, but it was more so like practical teachings, which is more modernized stuff. So, I mean, I don't recall any of the sort of modern contributors to the field of psychology um that's not true one okay so here's the deal funny actually i do have a funny answer to that one of my professors uh dr david mcmillan he okay he taught a course and he taught from the books that he himself wrote
2: Mm.
1: (laughs) i will use that as my answer to that question uh (laughs) i mean that that's perfect that's i think that's
0: exactly it
2: david mcmillan
1: david mcmillan um and so he was. He was great. He's one of my best professors in in my in grad school. Um, and he used his books that he wrote himself.
0: <laughs> Did you ever so, come yeah. across
1: any Nietzsche? Ooh, not in grad school. No, I I only know that name and his philosophies from like you know YouTube philosophical learnings and things mm. like that. Not in grad school. Now,
0: I love Freddie. I'm a big I'm a big Freddie fan. Uh, I always like to say that if Frederick Nietzsche were here, walking amongst us, I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. like him as a person. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think he was in. From what I understand, he was not an interesting person in the live, in the flesh. Right? He wasn't. He wasn't a guy that you sat down and and ate a meal with and laughed with. Uh, he wasn't that type right. of person. But it, historically, understanding what his what his analytical skills were. Uh, and his ability to articulate articulate his ability to articulate positions that he didn't even agree with <laughs> i mean he could articulate a position Spent, and when i read him i he's he spent pages articulating this position and i go obviously this is what he really thinks otherwise you know you couldn't art, you couldn't say it this way if you didn't really think this and then he'll spend G-G-M. the next page completely eviscerating that argument and uh and i think that's what people said that, that he could articulate their arguments better than they could and then turn around mm-hmm. and tear those arguments down um, yeah. a super impressive thinker and some say that he's I mean, I've heard this, that he's been credited as one of the founding fathers of modern psychology. So it'd be interesting to know what modern uh, clinical psychologists think about the work of Friedrich Nietzsche.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would be curious. I actually would be very curious.
0: I actually just quoted uh, Nietzsche to my buddy last night because um, we he asked me, he said, did does it matter to me that Freddie went crazy? Uh, because mm-hmm. he did, Freddie ended up going crazy, and and does that change? It's
1: not, it's not real quick, define going crazy. Was it like drug? Oh no stuff? no
0: no no nuts! Lost track of reality, Bab- babbling. Uh, yeah, psychotic break. Yeah, just insane. He went insane. Uh, from my understanding, my understanding is that he's just you know making saying nonsense things and nonsense writing and just no longer on in the realm, but yeah. walking around breathing. um And we I found in Beyond Good and Evil, there's a passage where he talks about knowing himself and he talks about the possibility of knowing himself certainly. And he's uh, questioning how what level of certainty he can have in knowing himself. And and uh, I said to my book club partner, I said, this is one of the seeds of his insanity, because the self is a state and the self is also a process such that who you were this morning is different than who you are now and that person is different than who you will be when you go to bed and so for yeah. any person to try to know themselves certain with certainty that's a recipe for insanity because you're not You're there there is no static self uh, s- selfness is a process that changes over time um, yeah, yeah. Just thinking about Freddie. <laughs>
1: Fascinating. So you're in a book club? I didn't know this. Didn't yeah, know
0: this. yeah. In a book club. Uh, so happy that I'm in a book club. Uh, it's one of those things that's cool. two, two of us. Yeah. Uh, and I think I, I think I would stop myself from joining a book club of more than four. I think that would be a the largest limit for me.
1: And so what are you all? What are the two of you currently reading?
0: We're currently reading Novus Ordo Seclorum. The Philosophical Underpinnings of the Constitution. Uh, and mm. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, no, well, it's just, try and no, It's not. It's not. Because the Founding Fathers were men, right? And so as men, just like me and you, they were carrying the ideas of the day. And understanding the ideas that they were carrying when they wrote the Constitution gives us as modern Americans invaluable insight into our own into our own constitution uh, which is the document that we all abide by so it's uh, no it's not dry. I wouldn't say it's dry at all but it depends on how you feel about the American Constitution I guess
1: well <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah so so yeah in that sense yeah it's probably extremely dry
0: <laughs> No I don't think it's dry I wouldn't call it dry but I mean how can you call the Constitution dry? It's the document th- that rules our lives for uh, lack of a better phrase but that's it's that's not unreasonable yeah. to say that.
1: No, it's not a reasonable say that, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, like I said, for better or worse, it does. It does, you know, govern our govern our lives. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a uh, sidebar. Mm. Have you seen uh, Hamilton? I have not. Yeah, I haven't either. My uh, when I went to work on the fo- I worked on the fourth and Fourth uh, of July, and uh, when I went to when I went into work, they had it playing. So we went in early on the fourth mm. to just kind of do some in house stuff. Um, and so we were, they were playing Hamilton in the background. I've never actually seen it. And so I was kind of, you know, watch kind of half watching it, kind of doing the work I was doing. It was actually interesting. So yeah, but you, you reminded me of that with your reading of the constitution.
0: Yeah. I tried to, uh, get Hamilton tickets in 20, oh uh, geez, Louise 16 ish. Um, and they were a thousand bucks a piece. I said, yeah, no, not happening, not happening. Mm-hmm.
1: Now it's on Disney Plus for seven bucks or
0: whatever. Is it still not gonna get it? I'm not excited about it. Is it? I mean, it's. I I I guess I should look it up. I just don't. I'm I'm worried that the that it's over hyped at this point, right? I mean, how good can it be? Can it be that good? Is it? Can it possibly be that good?
1: I'm in complete agreement with you but i mean i i am about i am that way about most things i feel most things like have hamilton scale are overhyped but um i don't know i people i know people that love it i know people that have seen it live i know people that have seen it live more than once at whatever that cost was it's got a Uh,
0: 97.90 on rotten tomatoes
1: yeah i know people that listen just to the to the soundtrack you know on the on the streaming services um you know, it was a very big deal for Disney to get the exclusive streaming right. So, yeah. I don't, to answer your question, I don't know. What I will say is for the like hour and a half ish, it's like, I think three hours. I don't um, know. Uh, two hours
0: and 40 minutes. I do know. It's right in front of me. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, yeah. So, about three hours. Uh, kind of a Lord of the Rings kind of lock in situation. I do know that for like the hour and a half I was watching it, it was entertaining. I will say the actors were doing their thing, the music was actually kind of catchy. Uh, for the most part, the plot was easy to follow. For and again, this is some as someone that is not a uh, very well versed in the history of Alexander Hamilton. Uh, now it's also a musical, so do I have to be a musical fan to enjoy it? I don't know. I'm not a musical fan.
0: I'm definitely only, not a musical really fan. I've never
1: ever thoroughly enjoyed one musical ever, and so um, you, I wait, not.
0: But you, so I'm not a musical fan. But I think I can say I thoroughly enjoyed Rent. I liked Rent.
1: I didn't
0: like. You didn't also, like Rent?
1: I am watching like the seventh grade, so it's not a
0: fair enough. No, Seven, seventh grades, a seventh graders' opinion of Rent is not sophisticated.
1: Yeah, so it's not. Um, it's not for me. My opinion of Rent is invalid. I've only seen five hundred twenty-five
0: thousand six hundred minutes. I think that's what. It yeah, and it's all
1: about age, right? So,
0: um, well, it's about know. it's not seconds. It's not about AIDS. Uh hey, I got the number right, I think. Yeah, it's a catchy song. I mean, it's you know, it's yeah. about the it, it was about homosexuality and a little bit about AIDS, uh, from what I remember. Yeah, a little bit about
1: it. Not a lot, not a ton of, lot of AIDS. But mean, again. it. But It was
0: about the it was about marginalized. Isn't that what we're all about these days? Marginalized. Yeah. Support the marginalized,
1: right? Okay, yeah. So, I, so yeah, I, to answer your question, I don't know. If you have to be a fan of musicals, I'm mm. not sure. What I will mm. say is as a fan of hip hop, it was checking some boxes to where I'm almost at the point where I actually might sit down and watch it when I have a spare three hours. Okay. Um, because rhythmically speaking, it was kind of catching my attention more than I thought it would.
0: So you think the music was pretty good?
1: Yeah, I do. I will say that. The music was pretty good. Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, I yeah I'm I'm I think we have Disney Plus. So to the extent that it's not going to cost extra money, I'll check it out. Rather than a th- pay a thousand dollars to go see it live, I'll pay no extra yeah. money to watch it. <laughs> I'll do yeah. that. I'm willing to do that. That's kind of where I am. Yeah. What are
1: you playing these days? Still Smite. Um. So yeah, good question. Still Smite, actually. To my own surprise, I picked back Destiny 2 back up. Really? Uh, yeah. I played Destiny 2 at launch whenever it came out like three something odd years ago. Hmm. Uh, maybe it was four years at this point. And I stopped playing it after a while because, you know, Destiny has historically been one of those games where it's like you kind of do everything there is to do and it's just kind of like, what else? Why am I still doing this? Why am has I'm it? Still I don't know. Is
0: it that? You're telling me. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so, you know, historically, it's a, it's, a, it's a grind game, right? So, so okay. you have to kind of you know, log in every week, and you have your weekly challenges and your weekly objectives, and you kind of do them over and over again. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really reward your time, because, you know, the, the, the return on investment of your time, because, you know, all the rewards are usually kind of randomly generated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So sometimes you get something good. Most of the time you don't get something good. So I kind of put the game down because... You know how a video game will like promise you content, post launch content, and then like you wait, you know, two, three, four months, like nothing. Yes. Uh, so I put the game down, I walked away from it completely, and um, I got back into it about a month ago. Okay. Or a month and a half. It, was, it was like middle of May. Um, and uh, it's, after not playing for two years, there's actually a fair amount of content. It's, it's been fun, it's actually been, it was, you know, one of those things where like something's on sale and you're like, if I get this on sale, one, two things. One, will it suck me back in? But two, will it, If it doesn't suck me back in, will I enjoy? Is it fun? Is it fun? Right? Mm-hmm. Is it fun?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it, it, I have to say, for the for the most part, there are so definitely some elements of like grindiness. It, it's like I don't I don't so care don't for because you know at this point in our lives, I just don't have a, a line ton line of time for like grindy type things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I like to just that was I think that's why why the the, the phenomenon of the battle royale right where it's like you don't have to grind you just you can literally play one match or you can play 20 matches um there's no no saved progress right mm. uh, so yeah i got back into it because the, the the content was on sale and um i have a bunch of friends that are still actively playing it so i wasn't doing anything by myself and it was actually it's been pretty fun been i'm pretty happy to hear fun. it i'm happy to hear it you're playing it on ps4 uh PS5? PS5, yeah yeah has yeah. that been worth it?
0: That technology has that been worth the investment?
1: Um, so that question, the answer to that question is entirely dependent upon what, again, subjectively worth it means to you. No, so no. Is people, it worth
0: it to you subjectively?
1: Specifically, right. you. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. I was. If some people look at it like you know, oh, not, not some people.
0: Like, I don't care what. Some, if it was worth some people, I wouldn't know if it's worth yeah. it to you.
1: Um. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but given the fact that I was able to get one fairly easily, you know, there's a, still a whole thing even now about like, you know, there's a shortage and people can't get their hands on one and, you know, if you can get one, you have to buy some like you know, inflated bundle from like Best Buy or mm. something like that where it's like you have to have like a bunch of games, you know, you're paying like $200 more for this bundle um, or people are buying on the resale market and paying like $1,000 and da-da-da-da-da. So I mean, given the the means that i was able to get one very easily on literally day one like yeah it was worth it you know Mm. um but i also had my expectations tempered to the fact that like even now there aren't a ton of this is what uh july july 2021 there aren't a ton of ps5 like next gen you know super impressive like man you know pushing this console to its limits type games you know
0: yeah, I mean, I'll tell you. Once I've gone PC, I've never gone back. Uh, I've, I've yet, I've yet to be drawn. I've yet to see a console that says, "Oh, I need that alongside my PC." Um, yeah, I just need to be for your PC. That's what I need. <laughs>
1: oh, right, right. That's the thing. There, you just, you just, you just upgrade your PC. Like, That's no, I, right. If I, if I weren't, if if I didn't have so many friends that were exclusively console gamers, mm-hmm. I would only strongly think about the pc gaming world but i know that if i did that i would if i did do that switch i would be leaving behind so many you know for I, mean, I, I mean i mean i love people just by coming back to playstation and leaving xbox but mm. if i left it completely i know i'd be leaving so many friends behind that it's kind of like yeah i don't see it happening anytime soon but no if i were a pc gamer like why would you you would literally only get a console for those console exclusives literally
0: how often are you talking to people on your playstation 5 oh every day every day
1: yeah
0: so it's a so, so it's a social tool as much as it's gaming
1: oh for me it's absolutely the old the the biggest reason i still console game or game as much as i do is socially i'm not really? i'm not as much for the obviously i'm here to play the games But I'm not here as, like, you know, when I was, like, college-aged, you know, it was kind of, like, more so for the games. Now it is for the social aspect of, like, I get to communicate with friends that I either went to college with or went to high school with that live in different cities and states. And, you know, we get to that. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I I hate the fact that you and I don't have a game that we can't kind of share. Because that's really all I really mostly, I would I would say, like, a strong... 60% Sixty percent of it is like this social aspect mm-hmm. of being able to still communicate with my friends that I wouldn't talk to normally.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, see for me, it's pretty much all about the game. I mean, I turn off the chat on Heroes of the Storm. Uh, mm-hmm. I and I play a lot of single player games. I mean, I play a lot of Minecraft and Minecraft. I play a lot of Heroes of the Storm, which is multiplayer. But like I said, I turn off the chat, so I play it like a single player game. <laughs> I don't. I turn off their pings if they get too annoying. Uh, yeah, I play it. I play it like, even though it's multiplayer, right? It's ten people on the map at one yeah. time. But I play it like single player. I, I just, I'm not going in for them. I really rather not yeah. hear them talk. Uh, and like I said, I turn off their pings if they get annoying. Um, play a lot of Minecraft, which can be social. Uh, but I, that's interesting that the your primary endeavor is a social activity.
1: Oh yeah, no. Mm. If that if that weren't a, if that weren't there, I would not i would probably have to find a new hobby
0: okay okay yeah can I- just
1: enough. T- two things mm-hmm. there aren't enough single-player games that would interest me to, to hold my attention long enough and the multiplayer games i eventually i would lose interest if i was only playing it by myself you know what i mean it's it's one thing to say oh I'm online really early or really late. None of my friends are online. I'm just gonna like play this for a few minutes to get you know, just to kinda unwind. It's no that's one thing. But if it's like a hey, every day, week by week and like nothing, no no social oh yeah, no, I would I would have to find something else, you know. That's the main reason why I don't play my switch. I have a switch, mm-hmm. but there's no social aspect to it, so I just don't play it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting. No, I'm uh So do you game to escape then? Cause I'm a, I'm an escapist. I game to oh, escape. Yeah, but you're talking yeah. to people.
2: Well, yeah,
1: it's it's a dual purpose, right? So I mean, the as as a as when I was younger, when you know, when I was a kid before the advent of online gaming, being an only child in the South Side of Chicago, it was absolutely like you know, yeah, I'm, I'm an only child. I can't really there's nothing really to do outside in the South Side of Chicago, so I'm it's an, it's the escape, right? Mm. Now it's like a dual purpose. As I've gotten older, it's sort of the the scales tilt more in the social like you know once once Xbox Live kind of that was popularized on Xbox 360 it was like a 50-50 it was like I'll play games to escape I'll play games for social and then now the scales you know now that I'm in my 30s the scales have definitely tilted more towards uh, the social aspect than the escape
0: interesting interesting I'm still very much in the escape pod yeah. yeah yeah yeah. i
1: live here I at live least my were. they just don't hold my i don't think a single game has really with the exception of something here and there like cyberpunk you know that was one that kind of you know obviously a single player there's no multiplayer that kind of held my attention from beginning to end but most of the time they just don't hold my attention anymore you know
0: yeah well i mean i play heroes and so because that's a moba what i do a lot of times is i'll fire up heroes and then i'll just have i'll turn the sound on heroes off and listen to a podcast Uh, and so for me that's a a nice way of busying my fingers and my mind uh, or busying my fingers and let's say my eyes with and my mind for as far as controlling this little character on the on the screen uh so that's my active activity, but then my passive activity is listening to Joe or Sam or Jordan or anybody who are, or uh, Breaking Points, anybody who I happen to be listening to, uh, and then I listen to that, and so that's my passive edification happening while I'm actively playing the game. That's a lot of times what I do, sit here in my, my little station at night.
2: Yeah.
0: Where do you get your political news? Who's your go-to for that? Uh, political news? Twitter? Mm-hmm. Who do you follow on Twitter that you like uh, when you see their that you like when you see their stuff?
1: Who do you leave um, likes for? Uh, that's a good question. I couldn't tell you a single name off the top of my head. I know that I follow a handful of, um, uh, I guess, voices and sort of like the the black political sphere so like like off the top of my head i'm thinking of like mark lamont hill um he's someone that i follow that kind of like he's usually up to date with politics and things of that nature Mm. uh but i don't can't think of anyone i mean because you know politics for me is something that is is not i don't care to get heavily into Mm. outside of like the need to know like for example tennessee just passed a law where you don't need a permit to have a gun or any anything you don't need anything to, you know, open carry or conceal and carry. Um, so little things like that. I, I follow like a couple of, I uh, yeah, like Tennessee, like sort of liberal, sort of up to date politics type things. Uh, but no, politics or where do I get my news or my politics. I try to stay away from it unless it's sort of like need to know. Did you, have you watched the uh, Florida building? The Florida, oh, the one that collapsed. Yeah. yeah. Watch no. So, like for example, have on, you seen the, the video timeline,
0: of it fall? Huh? Have you seen the video of it fall?
1: Um, have I seen the video of it fall? Yes, I think the first day or the first mm-hmm. night that it happened and it was like fresh on the timeline. I think I did see it. I then I you know watched it just again to make sure i was well watching what was really happening and then yeah i think that i've been you know again on the twitter timeline I sort of updates you like oh you know the body has risen to so and so and this and that you know yeah it looks like 36 dead
0: 109 unaccounted for
1: yeah do they have any reasoning as to the structural failure like what was to blame um
0: so there's a video that I saw of that was taken seven minutes before the collapse, and it shows the um, parking garage. So it's, it's a video from the lawn outside of the building or something like that, and it's looking down one of the ramps. You know how you can drive down a ramp into an underground parking type situation. So the video yeah. is looking down that ramp from about seventy feet away, maybe not even that far actually, uh, maybe fifty feet. And you can see rubble has fallen into that garage and there's water leaking, a lot of water leaking, uh, a really bad leak. So something had collapsed around the first floor into the into the garage. So the 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 lower regions um, of that building lost their integrity for one reason or another. Um, That's that's as much as I, I can say that I know. But more specifically, you know, it's under investigation.
1: Yeah, so okay. All right. Yeah, no, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm aware of it. It's very unfortunate. It's crazy that, you know, again, structurally speaking, we uh, build, and, I, you know, I'm saying it's not even how old the building is or was. About but, like, 40 years, back. 45 years. It's 40 Something like about that. A place in, like, yeah. The 80s, 70s. Something like that. Yeah. And
0: I heard a report from a guy who, who said he was on that roof. 14 hours before it collapsed collapse, and he had no and inspecting it mind you he was on the roof inspecting it 14 hours earlier, and he said he saw nothing so the the problems with this building were internal and they were you foundational. know foundational they were internal and they were foundational uh, and so it's some you would have you right. would have had to gone through the basement and the substructure with x-ray machines to see that that was going to happen Uh, You couldn't just, it wasn't something on the surface. But, But I did hear that a woman, I think in 20... 15-ish um, it's, it's interesting talking to the internet because anything any fact you get wrong can be immediately proven wrong so you don't, you can't claim to know a fact yeah. <laughs> so I don't know so, uh, but I heard I heard she sued I heard she sued because uh, she had water damage or something in her apartment that was linked to the building right so there's something in something was going wrong with the building and it was jacking up the, the structure of our, of the wall in her apartment Um And that was a while ago. Mm. Yeah, there was some report in the 90s that the foundation was sinking. But from what I saw, and this is going based on Reddit comments, to be absolutely honest, uh, they go back and forth and they say, oh, well, the thing only said that it's sinking by a couple inches in the 90s, which I don't know. I don't think a couple inches is what brought that building down. But maybe I'm not a geologist. I don't know. Uh, But it's really, really sad. Mm. 36 people did. 109 are accounted for. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's absolutely crazy.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: What's new and exciting in your world?
1: What do you What are you anticipating? Mm, uh, what's new and exciting? What am I anticipating? New and exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say anything new or exciting. I mean, you know, obviously coming fresh off of you know uh, my trip out there to see you and mm-hmm. my trip. I I went to New York. The oh, week did after that did you? Yeah, yeah. My um. One of my friends was having a Juneteenth slash housewarming party. Um, was it really a
0: Juneteenth party?
1: Really? I mean, what do define what do you mean was it really a Juneteenth? It was a party that took place on Juneteenth with black people. I don't know what what more you need. When was this the
0: inaugural on. was this the inaugural Juneteenth party? Has he had it last year, year before that?
1: Well, no, he just got this house. So that's why it was like a housewarming. But
0: housewarming fine. I wanna know how long I've yet, I've yet to meet a black person that celebrates Juneteenth because their mother did and because their grandparents did. Do you know these people? Well,
1: well no, they didn't. None of our parents did. But we but we are expected to? I mean, not expected to. I mean, they just made it expect- a
0: national holiday. And I'm, I'm curious to know who they made it a national holiday
1: for. Black people that choose to celebrate. I mean, you're not expected to celebrate the 4th of July, but... I mean. But the Fourth
0: of July is a celebration that our parents did, that our grandparents did, right? There's a there's a celebr there's a, a, a lineage of historical so celebrations of the Fourth of July. I'm concerned here's what I don't here's what I don't like about Juneteenth. I feel like Juneteenth is a holiday that's being pressed onto us. It's kinda like a kind of like a stamp at a nightclub on the back of your palm. Oh, Juneteenth, this is yours. Who who had who owns
1: Juneteenth? Uh I hear. Fourth of july what could you not say the same thing about the 4th of july no you couldn't say the same thing about the 4th of july that's national independence we fought a war for the 4th of july i mean but the same the same question you had you pose is whole truth like independence for who not for black people black people weren't free on the 4th of july
0: so you black people weren't free on the 4th of july so this would be you th- is Juneteenth about the free, the ending of slavery? Is that what Juneteenth is about? Well, no, not exactly. It's more so. so it says it's commemorating it was, the emancipation of American
1: slaves. Right. So, in in a nutshell, in a nutshell, Juneteenth was basically after slavery had ended. There was a uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm-hmm. I, I just actually this this year actually. Um, I've, I've been piecing together my Juneteenth information over the years. Mm, mm. <laughs> basically, in Fort Worth, Texas, they did not tell them that the black people were free. They basically t- lived still under the premise that slavery was still act- currently active
2: mm.
1: for however many years from the 4th of July to the Juneteenth. Um, and so the soldiers, or either, I think it was either black people or soldiers, I think it was black people, went down to Fort Worth, Texas X amount of years later and were like, hey, you all are still enslaved, and they're like, yeah, why wouldn't we be? And they're like, no, like, black people have been free for a couple of years now, but in Fort Worth, Texas, they were still actively enslaved, so that was Juneteenth of, like, technically the people, uh, the last, the la- so basically, in a nutshell, the last enslaved people in the U.S. were in Fort Worth, Texas, and so Juneteenth celebrates the final group of black people truly becoming free, learning- and gaining the knowledge that they were, in fact, free in the United States of America
0: okay okay so why are we just why didn't black people celebrate it in the 20s did black people celebrate juneteenth in the 1920s 30s 40s 50s
1: oh my understanding i'm not an expert on this but my understanding is that in texas specifically for worth they have been celebrating it annually ever since really however yes um, that is my understanding. They have had annual celebrations for it ever since. However, it is not, again, and <laughs> it's funny because I thought about this the other day. I was like, if I bring this up, I wonder if this is something that, that you're going to dive into or not. But because we don't have things like critical race theory, um, it was a it is a part of, of U.S. history that simply was not taught to us. That's That's why our parents and our grandparents... Did not celebrate it because largely most black people, it is just not a widely, um, how do I say, not widely known, but widely, uh, what am I trying to say? Are you certain that
0: discussing Juneteenth is a component of critical race theory?
1: I'm not not certain. I'm not an expert on critical race theory. I doubt that. I highly doubt that. Um, I mean, if if you're asking me my opinion, Juneteenth should be a part of U.S. history, not critical race theory but um, it should just be U.S. history, period. Oh, so I'm basically trying to draw on a, 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 a comparison to like the Tulsa massacre, right? Hmm. It is a thing that happened that people just don't, it's not widespread enough. Is I guess what I'm really trying to say, I'm trying to- It's
0: not widespread. Yeah. And this is this has been my criticism ever since they've made it a holiday. I'm going, who celebrates this thing? I've All, all yeah. I've ever heard about Juneteenth is kind of like, kwanzaa and the uh and the spaghetti lord where you have to wear a colander on your head uh i kind of group those things together as these fictional things that people some people say they celebrate but i don't hear about it Uh, maybe i'm the one in the bubble right that's not impossible no
1: i mean i I wouldn't compare it to those things at all it's because it actually happens (laughs) true kwanzaa Kwanzaa is something that has been made up since america has been created you need an actual thing hmm okay
2: so oh, yeah
0: okay well we should celebrate more juneteenth here's here's what i want about uh when, yeah. well, I, i'm gonna hold off on my juneteenth celebrations i'm not gonna celebrate juneteenth until they actually end slavery the 13th amendment is still alive uh slavery as an institution is still alive because of the loophole in the 13th amendment everybody incarcerated is still a slave under the same system when they actually end slavery i'll celebrate juneteenth
1: mm. uh i mean that's fair you know again like any holiday, you can celebrate it or not celebrate it whenever you'd like. I uh, I think that I think that it's awesome that we and when I say we, I just mean sort of Black Americans at large are embracing it more now that we're spreading the knowledge of it and really mm. learning. Like, oh, and you know what's funny? I had a professor in high school that was a part of a Black sort of advancement like a like a black tutor advancement program that they used to go to mm. and in high school keep this in mind so this is 2005 2006 ish right he would tell us that he would whenever because you know it was always during the program whenever it was the summertime in july and people were like oh mr so-and-so i can't recall his name you know but forgive me but, um, are, you know, aren't you excited for 4th of July? And he was the first and only person in my entire life that said 4th of July. And he said, black people weren't on the 4th of July. And so he was teaching us about, like, well, I realize now he was teaching us about Juneteenth, but we were in high school. We were like, what are you talking about, man? Hmm. <laughs> like, we were just like, what the heck are you talking about? Of course, now I know that he was referring to Juneteenth. Um, so it's one of those things where, like, there are people that knew about it, because, uh, you know, this is in Chicago, obviously, where I grew up. Um, but it just wasn't a widespread thing. Um, and I would argue to your point of, I think, Fourth of July, if anything, is kind of shoved down our throats with all the flag clothing and flag waving and flag-themed tables and napkins and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, obviously it's a national holiday, so we're obviously we're not going to show up to work and be like, no, I want to work today. Black people weren't free. But it's like Fourth of July, if anything, is the one that's shoved down our throats, you know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I see. I think. Uh, you know, I'm not under any illusions about the state of Africans in America in 1776. Uh, so I'm not. I'm definitely not saying that uh, that that horrible, brutal uh, lynching and murder and lynching and the murders that were happening and the, the disrespect of human life. I mean, black people are property. I'm aware of all that. But I think that our stance and position today as black Americans post civil rights movement uh, is best served as one of black Americans within and emphatically within the American tradition. Uh, And so, you know, I consider myself an American, wholly American, Uh, not partially American. Uh, you know the, people often people sometimes gripe about the hyph- the hyphens in america right asian american black american indian american all these hyphens native american which isn't hyphenated sure. <laughs> the one non hyphen is native american which they de- they deserve no hyphen there uh, it was their country yeah. and so but anyway all the different all the pluralistics uh, in america i consider myself wholly american so i don't have a problem celebrating the 4th of celebrating american independence from britain Wholeheartedly and enthusiastically, uh, I don't yeah. have a problem with that. Okay. Do you consider yourself? Where where do you put your your blackness and your Americanness? Where how do you how do you deal with those? One before the other, side by side, one more important than the other? Do you emphasize one more than another? Because I'll say you know I'll say it right here, I'm proud to be a Black American, but I emphasize yeah. my Americanism more than my blackness. That's not to say I'm not black. I'm very black. From, you know i'm black i've got the i've got the skin i'm assumed to be violent all that all those things that come with blackness i've got it yeah but i'm american right and i will stand side by side with americans of every color before i side yeah. with a solely black
1: cause mm-hmm. um yeah i love that i'm very black um <laughs> um uh, for me it's a very simple you know
2: america
1: american history is is Black history, Black history is American history, right? Mm -hmm. That's my take. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, I think that it's important to, like you said, I acknowledge my Blackness because America is just a melting pot country. So it's sort of like, okay, yes, you're, like you said, you're Asian American, you're, you know, African American. So, you know, we are descendants of African people, Mm -hmm. but obviously we are the Black African descendants that created and built this country. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say if 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 asked, I'm gonna say African American. But in my mind, I'm saying African American. But what I to to touch on the fact that I am descendants of Africans. But I'm, it, what I'm really saying is kind of what you're saying. Like I, it's just American. Like, there is no there is no like non something American. You know what I mean? Like, if you're American, you're descendants of someone from somewhere else. Mm, but black mm. people specifically, because we built this country, it's like... I, I'm saying it with, with like a prouder sense of like, yes, I'm African-American, but like... Again, with the exception of Native Americans. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. We're all immigrants so, except for Native Americans. Um, yeah, the,
1: the, most, the most entitled to that title, you know?
0: I like ADOS. I like that hashtag. I like that distinction. I feel like that captures... Us uh, as compared to Black recent immigrants, because mm-hmm. when you look at the attitude of Black recent immigrants, they have more confidence collectively and on average than we do. Uh, we are we as ADOs, American descendants of slaves and uh, Black descendants of slaves. Mm-hmm. We are shot through with self doubt, uh, and it's killing us. It's killing us every day, and so that's mm-hmm. that's one of my biggest biggest gripes. and it makes me like the hashtag ados now i told uh i told our cousin lance i said this i said so ados when you say american descendants of slaves are you also including the white descendants of slaves because i don't Mm -hmm. think most people when they invoke ados are referring to those people there are certainly there have to be thousands of white americans who are descendants of slaves just simply by how how families mix and how uh, lineage works right and how families work
1: there have to you're, be statistically there have to be white people who so are white just today clear what you're saying you're saying they are white people but they are also descendants of African slaves that yes yes
0: statistically that has to be true with 320 million okay. there have to be several thousand people who are checking the white box today but yeah. if you go back a few generations one of their great 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 grandmothers was a black woman But somehow she got out and their skin got lightened and now today they're white, but they're a descendant of an American slave. And so, you know, I asked him if if he's talking about those people when he says uh, American descendants of slaves, he didn't confirm or deny. (laughs) He didn't he didn't say yes or no. What I said, well, I think what you're trying to evoke there to put even a finer point on this phrase is black Descendants of slaves because it's okay. black descendants of slaves that suffered Jim Crow that suffered mm-hmm. separate but equal that suffered uh, The schools mm-hmm. and the the redlining and the, you know disproportionately right. the mass incarceration It's the black descendants of slaves that suffer that so mm-hmm. I like #Beatos as well I don't know if I that doesn't that doesn't flow as well <laughs> as a hashtag beat yeah, uh, Maybe like I'll it. maybe I'll tweet it and see if I can get it started but uh yeah
1: is your is your twitter presence as such where you tweet something and it can you can get it started
0: uh no so my my tweets are i, says, I suppose i should spell out what that is black Dance of slaves S A V S vs period i think i spelled that right my twitter is a time capsule i hope that one day i'll be viewed as someone who was hip and with it in the time even if wildly really? even if wildly unpopular nobody follows me um so i just that's how i treat it <laughs> when you look back on it from 2050 they'll go yeah he knew what was going on is that right that's what i hope that's what i hope what do you, well, use, tw- what do you use twitter for other
1: than following mark lamont hill yeah i mean well m- much more than that he- mm-hmm. He, he he is just one of the more uh, I'll say you know trusted sources of sort of current events, but um, I think Twitter for honestly just sort of current events slash jokes. Um, I would say those those are two main main things: current events, because I think I think Twitter is arguably the fastest. Now, I'm not gonna say most accurate or <laughs> you know fact checked mm-hmm. but I do think it is the fastest source of news very fast uh, and it is also thanks to you know I'm using I'm using air quotes my fingered air quotes thanks to black Twitter is also the funniest okay sort
0: of. what is you've said this thing to me before black Twitter you have to explain yeah. this to me
1: yeah so um, I have to explain it to you.
0: <laughs> so my my current understanding is that yeah. black Twitter just means black people, you know, emphatically black people that tweet. Yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: That's
0: it. Why does it why does it earn this moniker black Twitter? Why isn't it just Twitter?
1: Why is it black Twitter? Well, that's a great question. Um. The answer to that question is that it is it is not just Twitter because it is oftentimes the jokes that are made, you would not either find funny or you would not understand the references being made or you would have not come from a similar lived experience if you – we're, we're not or are, are not black. One of those three things I just named, one of those boxes are always checked when it's black Twitter. It's either the joke references or it's a lived experience or it's a black experience or a cultural thing, one of those boxes, and maybe not all the all of them are always checked, mm. but one of those boxes, if you have not checked one of those boxes, you would not find it to be entertaining. And that is why it's black Twitter, not just Twitter.
0: Wait, if one of those boxes is not checked, one would not find it entertaining yeah so they're jokes that only black people can get
1: mostly yes
0: and that makes it a black twitter joke yes so as a what if a, what if a black person doesn't find the joke funny that's okay that's you okay what? what if a white yeah. person does find the joke funny is that possible what if an Asian person or an Indian person finds the joke funny and they get it? Does that make them part of Black Twitter?
1: That's possible. It, it's mm-hmm. rarer, but it's possible. Um, you know, and so it, it makes them a fan of Black Twitter. Yeah.
0: Okay. Absolutely. I'm Black and proud. Uh, I like. I like. I think of James Brown when I think of that. Say it loud! I'm black and I'm proud. See, I I prefer black to African American because I've never been to Africa. Um, I might go one day, but there's there's nothing culturally about me that's African, Um, really. I mean, I'm a Southern Californian. I'm, (laughs) you know, I'm a I'm an Angelino. I'm allergic to cold weather. Uh, This is I I I like the city. what else? I love video games, right? I'm, I'm absolutely addicted to internet access. I can't live without internet access. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if those things make me... I don't know anything about... I've never been to Africa, and so I prefer I prefer yeah, I, black I'm,
1: over I'm, I'm w I would I understand. I, I prefer black because I, I, too, have nothing to do with as a whole. You know what I think uh, about
0: when I think about blackness, one of the things is when Barack Obama, I think he told, I think it was Jay Leno, maybe it was Conan, I don't know. He said, I was, I'll was. say it was Jay, but I'm not sure it was Jay. He says, you know, Jay, I was black before the election. <laughs> and that, that that resonates with me. I carry that around.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I use again, I use African American, the moniker just sort of like on, you know, standardized tests or or you know forms but culturally speaking black is is what it what we really are you know
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: uh, you know, I'm I'm of the mindset that Skin color should be as political as politically consequential as hair color uh, There's no re the, biologically. They're the they're very they're much more related uh, then then they aren't uh, the color of your skin, the color of your hair, the color of your eyes. All these are superficial mm-hmm. things about your your humanity. You can still um, successfully create viable offspring with every other human of every other color. Uh, your if your blood types match, you can exchange organs no matter what your skin color is. So mm-hmm. skin color should be pol- as politically relevant as hair color. Um, should be. Now of course we have to we're, we're not in a vacuum we understand the context and the history of skin color but the idea is that we can move past this. We, the idea is that we can get to the point to where a job cares about the color of your skin as much as they care about the color of your hair. As in to say they don't ask because it doesn't matter. Right so jobs don't have to ask what color you are they just have to ask can you do what we need the person in this position to do uh, Yeah. Yeah and i'd like to get there. We we is it possible that we get there? I think it's possible we get there within our lifetimes. I think it's possible by the end of our lifetimes, by the time we're old, jobs don't even ask what color your skin is. Hmm.
1: Uh yeah,
0: i mean uh, in a perfect world. No, not a perfect kidding. world. You you do that a lot. I'm going to call you out, Kasi. No, not perfect world, this one. This world.
2: <laughs> I mean
1: like i was saying before you called me out, we're getting there. More and more jobs are becoming more and more inclusive, either by removing such things mm. or asking broader questions. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we're getting there.
0: But can we get there within our lives? Is, that, is So, by saying in a perfect world, that, that implicitly calls me unreasonable for thinking that we can get there within our lifetimes.
1: Well, I mean, I think that many core can we yes Hmm. many corporations are like i said they are removing such things from um you know questionnaires or forms or whatever whatever Uh, um i think for a statistical purpose i think that many companies will continue to have it in some way shape or form just so they can speak to the ethnic makeup of their company, not necessarily, a, you know what I mean? To be able to say, okay, we hired this many people of African descent, this many people of Indian descent, this many people of Latina or mm. Latino descent. So I think on that purpose, it might still be collected. Uh,
2: yes, I'm not, not.
0: I'm not going so far as to say that keeping track of people's ethnic lineage as a society yeah. isn't worthwhile. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is on job applications,
2: applications, there's no
0: reason to ask what color my skin is. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, on on applications for housing, there's no reason to ask what color my skin is. On a lot of different types of applications, there's no reason to ask what color my skin is. On some there is, right? If we're talking about the census, yeah, ask me what color I am on the census. Yes, that's what the census is about. The census is meant to keep that data, track of that data. Yeah, no, I
2: agree.
0: Yeah, there's also uh, a double-edged sword to this that I thought of, which is, you know, if we were to just stop tracking color wholesale too much now, then mm-hmm. those with advantage would just prosper, and those uh, to the to the extent that disadvantage can be tracked by color, uh, that would that would prosper. But I think disadvantage has much more to do with green than it has to do with black or white. Um and I think there are I think that's really I think that's really the the big one of the big problems in our culture is wealth inequality and growing wealth inequality. I think I was talking was I talking to Brad? It might have been Brad or another friend of mine, but we're we're talking about the elephant curve in global economics. So the are you familiar with the elephant curve? Um uh, probably not. The elephant curve is a curve where the so it's it makes the outline of elephant where there's there's the back of the thing and then there's a trunk dipping down and then there's a trunk going up at the other end so imagine a curve that's a large body and then it dips down and then it comes back up right so that's what the the curve does and it represents the prosperity of the global population and ever since cap global uh capitalism globalized uh, in about the 70s or whatever so when our wages started to stagnate the common classes around the world began to rise so the chinese rose singaporeans rose thai rose uh, a lot of indian groups rose right the middle class who were relatively impoverished have now come out of poverty we've been we've been really doing a good job we as a species as a human species have been doing a good job of battling global in global what's it called uh, extreme poverty right? Globally. We've been doing a good job of, of battling those numbers. And that's what the body of the elephant is. And then the trunk of the elephant, the tip of it, is the .01%, the 1%, right? The the rich of the rich, the owners of the global uh, of the global enterprises, right? And and the families who perpetually occupy the executive seats in these enterprises. These families have done incredibly well for themselves over the past 40, 50 years, um, which is fine. But who has suffered is the common class in the wealthy countries so common americans relatively have suffered common uh, a lot of common europeans relatively have suffered because now we're competing with thai and filipino people and nothing against uh you know angolans getting part of the of the global economy i'm all for that I, i think that's a great thing but the fact is when one american is competing with three Filipinos for a job that be, that can be done online for every business owner, it makes perfect sense. Hire the Filipinos. You're gonna get 24 hours of work for the same price of eight hours of work. And if the and if the, they speak really good English, it makes no difference to your customers. So it doesn't make business sense for a lot of businesses to hire American if the job can be done online. Or, or through the phone or something like this or 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 if they can have their product manufactured in in China and then shipped over here it is it, actually cheaper to for a lot of businesses to do that than pay Americans and so the elephant curve just shows that the common American class is being disproportionately hurt by global capitalism by being forced to compete with people on the other side of the world for jobs we're getting hurt for that because it costs more for us to live um which makes me a proponent of basic income i think that's the that's the solution for that now you've typically you i think you're on my side with basic income you just, you just think it has to be a perfect world before we get there right
1: well i am generally on your side when it comes to the basic income universally um i just more i'll i'll <laughs> For the sake of the argument, I won't say that it has to be a perfect world. Mm. I will say I don't think the Republican – whatever it would have to do to become a reality – let me frame it like this. Whatever it would have to do to become a reality, I do not think Republicans would allow it to get far enough to become a reality.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Especially after Andrew Yang getting beat twice in a row. It's not looking good, man.
1: Yeah, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. Uh, I feel bad for the guy because I I agree with the I would love I would love universal basic income in my bank account every month. Um and maybe he's not the one to deliver it to us, you know. Um it's clear that like you said he he not he wasn't he didn't make it very far in the presidential election. He just didn't make it very far in the New York mayoral election, if that's You're referring to that in terms of losing twice, right? Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I Uh, would have... Man, if he would have won mayor of New York, that would have been such an incredibly important inroad for basic income in this culture.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, And so, yeah, I feel for the guy because I would love it. But, I mean... and, And I also... After what we went through in 2020 with the stimulus checks, I, I fully believe that the country could sustain it. Um, you yeah, know we what got I mean? the
0: money. it's not it's not a problem of having the money. it's a problem of uh, it's a problem of changing the way we think about value. So currently a lot of common Americans, I'm talking about white collar, blue collar, average people, right voters, regular people, our uh, countrymen, of all skin colors. They think, they really, really do think that value comes from those hardworking, knuckles to the ground entrepreneurs that go out and build a business and make it happen. The Zuckerbergs, the Musks, the Bezos. They really believe that that is the source of value in a thriving economy. That's not true. Those people, the Zuckerbergs, the Musks, and the, and the Bezos, they capitalize On value that's already there Um, Mm -hmm. the value comes from human attention itself every human that is waking and cognizant is adding value to their culture that's the source of value now the question Mm -hmm. is what do you do with it now that it's out there now that you've got people waking walking and doing How do you organize that waking, walking, and doing such that it benefits yourself, benefits us all? How do you do that? That's what entrepreneurs do. Entrepreneurs organize value in productive and efficient ways, and then they're rewarded for it, as they should be. Uh, But it's not the source of value. The source of value is every one of us that are walking around with our eyes open. We are the sources of value, and we need an economy that reflects that truth. We need an economy that says, you... Are the owner of your attention from day one and if anybody wants your attention for any length of time they have to pay you for it and they have to pay you for it at a, at a consensual rate it has to be a rate that you agree to that's, that's what that's will be a better economy than this one yeah 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 no I agree and this is a good economy right I'm, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying this is a this is a bad economy uh, this is what what, are the, what do they say capitalism is the worst socio-economic system except for all the others <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. What are you uh what are you thinking about these days in terms of I don't know. Well we talk video games, we talk politics. What else are you into? You reading, what are you what are you reading? What are you watching?
1: Reading, man, nothing. Um Yeah, I'm just gonna be honest, nothing. I don't have the time. But watching, i uh, been watching Loki on Disney Plus. Have you? Uh, yeah, watched Captain uh, Falcon and Winter. Captain
0: You've got Falcon. a partner in my wife. She's been watching it, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Loki's good. Falcon and Winter Soldier was good. Um, Invincible on Amazon Prime, that was good. Uh, um, How do we not hey, watch well, any of the same things?
0: I guess I don't do watch, watch that watch?
1: many things. Billions? You watch Billions? So, it's funny. I started Billions like mm. like two months ago because mm. I always wanted to watch it. And it was like um, all the, you know, all the stock market stuff with like, you know, the Dogecoin and the GameStop yes. and all yes. that stuff. And I, uh-huh. everyone on Twitter was like making comparisons to Billions. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to start watching Billions. I started it. I just haven't. Made the time to keep like I'm like episode literally like two or three of like season one. Um,
2: oh, you just
1: haven't it, you haven't gotten into it. No, yeah, it, I haven't gotten to the meat of it. It is it is interesting. I like it so far, but it's like I just with with the video games and with work and with spending time with my girlfriend. I just have I cannot fit and with like the Disney Plus shows. Um, And the Netflix shows, it's like, I I just can't, I want to keep watching it. I just can't find the space to fit it in, you know?
0: Well, it's just, it's not a priority, right? You're you're prioritizing Loki over Billions.
1: Right. There's just, like, I want to watch Billions, but there's other things that are just more, again, like, to your point, more relevant, more of a priority. Well, more Um, relevant to you. I don't think Loki's relevant at all. I don't watch Loki. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: No, definitely relevant to me. But, um, how far are you in <laughs> the Why is Loki relevant to you? Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. So. Um, Why? And, huh? Why? Why am I a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan? Yes. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I find it to be entertaining. Hmm. And so. Loki and one. That is, that's, that's it.
0: That's it. You're just gonna say no accounting for taste, and then go for de- it. You're not gonna not gonna defend it, not gonna articulate it.
1: Yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say that's one two. I've always been a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universes Loki. I've never been a fan of Loki outside of the MCU. Never been a fan of Loki in the comics or just in general Norse mythology. I've never been a really a, a Loki fan. Um. Because he's always just been portrayed as just kind of like generic trickster guy, which I guess is what he is, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you wouldn't know. But yeah. So you know, Loki. Loki as a as a as a Norse deity has always been sort of portrayed as like Mr. Trickster God. No, no depth, no character, no development. But you know, trickster you is understand- incredible
0: depth. What trickster is incredible depth? We're we're using a different word there when we say trickster.
1: Well, but I mean, in the portrayals of the Loki. General okay.
0: State. As um, it, has, is he now? Is he trickster? To me, doesn't convey immediately shallow. Are you saying he's he's a shallow character even in the folklore? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Because um, to me, that's not synonymous with trickster. That's all. You can call right. it shallow, but to me, that's not synonymous with trickster.
1: I, on the record, I'm going on here saying I'm not a Norse mythology expert, so I could be very, very wrong. Mm. But. Um, I guess I'm l i am guess I should more so frame it as through the cine- Marvel cinematic universe, the characterization of Loki has become more increasingly interesting to me. Mm. So um because he is effectively the only sort of bad guy that has you know, Marvel is Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe is notorious notorious for always sort of creating a bad a bad guy. Um You know, I'm doing air quotes, bad guy, you know, Mm. villain. Mm. Um, Sort of by the end of the movie, they have done away with them. They either killed them or disintegrated them or very rarely put them in jail or whatever. Um, But Loki is the one character that has like kind of outlasted just because they keep kind of bringing him back for various reasons. But Mm. um, him having his own show. I'll be honest with you. When at first, when they first announced it, I was not very interested. I was like, "Yeah, that sounds kind of boring. Uh, I don't really care about the adventures of Loki." But what they what they're doing within it? When once they announced that it, it would be a time travel, eh, not time. It's not time travel. Eh, time travel is a big part of it, though. Once they once they announced that time travel would be a major part of it, it immediately got my attention because I'm a big time travel. Uh, You know, movie, TV shows, things with time. You like the mechanic. Yes, I love the mechanic um, for plot purposes. Mm. Um, And so um, I have to say it's been entertaining. I I, I went in with very low expectations because – so just real quick, you know, in terms of the Marvel shows, there have only been three, right,
2: Mm.
1: On on Disney+. Plus, There was WandaVision, which I did not watch, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I watched, and now Loki, right? Where
0: is um I suppose that's a different universe. I was gonna say the star the trooper, the star trooper. The guy with the maybe Yoda.
1: Right, that's the Star Wars Disney Star. Star Wars different yeah. than of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Still Disney Plus, but yeah. Star Um yeah. Um and so I went in with kind of low expectations, but one, you know, because time travel is sort of a thing, it is actually more entertaining than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. and so I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far.
0: But still, why Marvel? What do you mean why Marvel is entertaining? Why is it entertaining?
1: Because they tell good stories. They're good storytellers. What makes a good story? I mean, you're asking a question as old as time. I'm well, not. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm drilling in to see if I can get you to, to articulate a defense of Marvel.
1: Defense? I'm not defending them. I'm not, <laughs> they're not on the chopping block. Um, why Marvel is like asking, like, well, why Star Trek? I mean, why Star Wars? Like you like sci-fi. You like fiction. I like comic book stories um they are doing the best at making live action uh comic book stories bringing Mm -hmm. them to life you know
0: Um, are they i don't know i i mean if you you i mean you say they're the that you like comic book stories but but why right why why do you do have you thought about this why you like these things and not other things because you could be Dang. really into chess and i don't know uh what's something and, and what's something that people are into that you could be really into wood sculpting just taking a chainsaw to wood and sculpting you know you're not into that uh, so why that. what's something people are really into ah yes wood
1: sculpting. yes that's a
0: thing there are people that are really into wood sculpting
1: it is a thing uh-huh. i do not think though it is a it is a so many people are really, really, there's not a ton of people. There are people that do it. It is a hobby, but it's there, not
0: there, are, there are people that are lumberjack, professional lumberjack athletes. They do lumberjack competitions, even those people. There's a whole woodcutting universe that, invo- right. that includes lumberjack athletes. You're not into that. So why comic books?
1: You're right. It is a whole woodcutting universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, comic books was just another escape, you know, when I was growing up. You know, again, only child, you know, video games were were limited. You know, you still had to, you know, find other things to do to fill your time. And, Mm. uh, comic books were the thing, you know, superheroes, escapism, you know.
0: What was one of the first superheroes reading a comic book in your bedroom that absolutely struck you with awe?
1: Um, It's a fascinating question. Um... (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: Superman? Maybe. But I was never a... I was never a... Like, I liked Superman live action, like in the movies and stuff. But if you're mm. talking about reading the comics, Superman comics are always sort of iffy. Mm. Because, you know, Superman... Has no real weaknesses except for like plot convenience. Kryptonite. Uh, yeah, that's plot convenience. That's not really well, how
0: plot convenience. It's a, it's yeah. this crystal from his planet yeah.
1: Krypton. Yeah, but it 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 it's, it gets so overused; it doesn't really feel like a weakness anymore. You it is I mean? a
0: weakness. It's 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 his Achilles' heel.
1: Yeah, but it's like. Plot-wise, you can't make it so that every time Superman has a problem, it's just kryptonite. It's,
2: mm, just...
0: it's boring. It's boring if he only has one weakness.
1: And yeah, yeah, narratively, yeah, narratively speaking, yes, that is his weakness. However, you can't—that can't be the every single week. Oh, well, it's Superman versus kryptonite again, you know. Mm. Um, whereas other characters, you know, they can, you know, get hurt or they can lose limbs or they can, you know, have. Psych- psychological things happen to them, but Superman is essentially a god. So it's mm. kind of like his, his comic book story. Again, I do love, love the live action stuff, but the comic book stories were never as good to me. The you know, the best comic book story of Superman, uh, which you, you probably aren't familiar with, is called Kingdom Come. Okay. Uh, which follows a sort of an older Superman, older retired Superman who has to come out of retirement because the, the new generation of heroes are kind of acting up very good story but um back to your question which hero kind of captured me when i was younger man that's such a good question um only you know so, the answer i don't know I, I can't i can't think of a
0: single one right off the top of any. The- anyone one the one that comes to mind that one that comes to mind of a of a pr- particularly profound moment where you just looked up from the page and go ah that's that explains it or something like that I don't know
1: yeah I get what you're saying there are there are a few um what are they uh, I mean I've always loved Dr. Doom but mm-hmm. I never was a I was never a fan so it's it's fascinating Dr. Doom was one of my favorite villains but I really don't like fan. I'm not a fan of Fantastic Four as a whole um uh, but I just think he's a fascinating villain.
0: Villains have always appealed to me. So uh, this is this is revealing my Marvel newbiness to the deepest level, but I'm fine with that. So Doctor Doom is the Fantastic
1: Four's villain. Ooh, yeah, they're okay. they're they're a potential villain. Yeah, they have, they have they have a handful of villains like most superheroes do. But Doctor I wouldn't Doom, if you if
0: you would put together a list of these are the heroes, A through B, and these are the villains, one through ten. Dr. Doom and Fantastic Four would have been the two that I would have left until the very end and said, OK, it's the last two. So it must be them.
1: Yeah, it must be them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, Fantastic Four, I, I feel like has very little appeal to our age group because just like a much older group of heroes that have had a hard time really being modernized. Um, Mm. Obviously, there were the movies that came out when we were kids, like the you know with uh, Jessica Alba and uh, you know Chris Evans. You know, remember those movies? I do know Chris Evans, and I am a fan of Benedict
0: Cumberbatch. So I've actually seen Doom um, because I like Benedict Cumberbatch, and so I watched his performance. Uh, Well, that's Doctor Strange, but yeah, that is a different person. (laughs) So who is Doctor Doom? Even I, I know Doctor Doom even less than I thought I did.
1: Uh, Yeah, no. All right. Well, no, we'll talk about something else. What's another? No, question? I want to know,
0: edify me, because you like Doctor Doom. So, Doctor well, Doom. Is, okay, here's Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom is also
1: Spider-Man's villain, right? He can fly. So yes, he started off as a Fantastic Four villain, but as the years have gone on, he sort of has grown in scope to be just like a gen- general Marvel villain. Okay. Uh, so he'll he'll go against anybody. I'm curious to know
0: why Doom made an impression on you
1: yeah that's a great question i would think because he so okay i like bad guys that are smart
2: Mm.
1: right but oftentimes when you when you think about the archetypal villains they're very like they're either here or they're there they're either smart and like have no physical prowess a la lex luthor right Or they have physical prowess, but they're dumb. So, like... Juggernaut. I think like, juggernaut. Thank you. Perfect example. That's generally how villains were. I think we're getting to a point now where villains are a little bit more complex. But Doctor Doom was one one from the very beginning where, like, he kind of was both. He was extremely smart, arguably one of the smartest in, the, in their fictional
2: universe
1: Mm. Um, he also had sort of you know engineered him his ability to sort of fight you know superhuman heroes Um, and he was his own like sovereign like king (laughs) like he has his own like he's a a sovereign uh, you know Mm -hmm. he has his sovereign nation and Mm -hmm. so he's like also a political figure um And I just always thought that was really cool to be like, yes, I am the leader of this sovereign nation. You know, think like, you know, Black Panther Wakanda.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But I'm also a villain because I but I'm also a super genius. And so he just he just checked a bunch of boxes um, and he had a certain like, you know, arrogance and confidence. He has a certain arrogance and confidence that most villains either have and they can't back it up or they don't have it. And he always can do both.
0: Did being the leader of a nation create for you in hindsight i wouldn't have expected you to have this thought consciously when you were that young but uh, in hindsight in rear analysis did it create for you the possibility that dr doom was actually or could be the hero understood from a different angle if you were for were for instance were were looking from the point of view of someone in his nation he's the hero you can tell his narrative and he's the good guy
1: That's another reason why I love Doctor Doom. To mm-hmm. him, he is always the hero, whether or not that's accurate from multiple sides. But to him, he is always doing the right thing, or doing you know, furthering to the stuff in his mind that he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And in
0: in this actually ties into the defense of Marvel as a whole because um, Purple Man is doing that too,
1: right? Uh Purple Man from Jessica Jones.
0: Purple Man from the Stones of Destiny.
1: Stones of Destiny. What is that? What are the
0: Is that not this universe? The guy who so. snaps his fingers and everybody vanishes. Half the people vanish or oh, something.
1: Yeah. yeah, that is this universe. Thanos. Uh-huh. Thanos and the Stones
0: of Infinity Stones. Thanos and the Infinity Stones. So Thanos Thinks that he is actually doing the universe a service by getting rid of a quarter of people because the people are are a burden, right? Is it my understanding of, incorrect of Thanos? I thought from even from Thanos' perspective, he's the good guy.
1: Yes, that that's true. So Thanos and Doctor Doom are alike in that sense. So mm. yes, that Thanos thinks he's like you know the universe is overpopulated. I'm doing us a favor by removing half of the population. Mm. To which the moral argument is? Well, if you have the power to do that, why don't you just create twice as much resources, right? But yes, uh, that is accurate. So, so you, so you, you, you don't know on a broad scale the Marvel stuff. No, I'm I'm not a fan at all.
0: I've never, or I shouldn't say, no, I'm not a fan. Okay, it's not fair to call me a fan, not even with the lowercase f. But I have interacted with the Marvel Universe often. I played X-Men games. Uh, I've seen Iron Man, a bunch of them. I've seen uh, a Hulk or two. I think I've seen one Avengers, maybe. Um, I saw Black Panther. So I've interacted with the Marvel Universe, but I'm not a fan. You can't even call me a fan with the lowercase f. And I'm generally aware of it, as one would be. But I just don't, you know, I don't tune in. I don't go, oh, let me make time to go see the new one. Nope, not a thing I do.
1: Uh, I I thought it was just a Fantastic Four Doctor Doom thing. This no, a, a at at large,
0: pretty much, pretty much. Um, now to you know, I've seen I've seen the movies uh, are the ones that I've seen that I just articulated that I just described. Uh, they were good films, and so you know I under I do understand your bit about them being good good movies. I just wanted to get your breakdown of what makes them good, uh, and i have also as you have just pointed out. Um, I hadn't tied it together with any other characters other than Thanos, but I know that there's a trope or it's not, it's not a trope really. It's it's a truism. Uh, No one is the villain in their own mind. Not even Hitler. Hitler wasn't the villain in his own mind. Hitler was the hero in his brain. Um, That is true. And so that's, that's a truism about human psychology. No one, you know, no one's twiddling their thumbs and going destroy all and cause pain and suffering. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe there might be some, what is that? That is sadism, I believe, when you want to cause the suffering. Uh, there's. There, I'm not saying there's not sadism out there, but typically people don't think of themselves like that. right? People think that what they're doing is the right thing and the sacrifices they're making are for the best. And the decision that they're making will be ultimately helpful, even if. There are people that don't like what they're doing in the short term they are the wise one and they can see the bigger picture and what they're doing is actually in the long for the good people think of themselves that way and so i've understood that that and to me that was interesting that thanos was was that i couldn't have tied it to any other marvel uh villain and so you've done that for me with dr doom
1: (laughs) yeah I, i think that to your point and this is something this is one of my beliefs the best villains, the best written villains, narratively, that is always the case. They are, in their eyes, doing the, the greater for the greater good. Um, those are the best villains, to me. Um, and it is very few and far between that those villains, it is sort of like a small group. It is like, you know, Thanos, Doctor Doom, a few others. Um, that are not like, and, and they mean it genuinely. It's not yeah. like a sick. Thick and twisted. Oh, I'm I'm saving humanity, but it's really like, but you're killing ones. of like, no, no, no. They genuinely mean like I am doing the best for my people or for my whatever, you know.
0: And it's it can be counterposed with the with Batman's villains. So Penguin, Joker, Ice, Ivy. They were just causing destruction for destruction's sake, right? That's exactly. Uh, and I think that was actually. Have you seen Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? I have not so I really like that I won't I won't ruin anything of the film I do recommend it I do highly recommend it um, I won't ruin anything of the film and so but what one thing that I oh, like okay. ab- about
1: oh
0: yeah, uh, no I mean there are other people listening and so I won't ruin it for them either and so oh, okay. what I do like about but I'll just mention that I what I do like about Joaquin Phoenix's uh joker is that Uh, It's no secret that his Joker is born of a person, a regular person with a mental disorder or two or three or whatever, some sort of personality disorder. And and Joaquin Phoenix, just to comment on his acting, did such a terrific job of bringing that across that the joke that the joker's human too he's twisted yeah (laughs) but he's human too Uh, and joaquin phoenix did an absolutely terrific job of bringing that across that from his perspective he's kind of he's helping uh and at least joaquin did that now the character i'm not sure the character's always done that um i think i think uh heath ledger's joker was a terrific example of destruction for destruction's sake. So, those sequences when now Heath Ledgers we can talk about because it it's more than 10 years old. That's the rule, right? If it's more than 10 years old, you can't expect to have it not spoiled for you. Um, what? That's a stupid rule. I, I,
1: I, 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 I what's the number for you? It. I stretch to give people a uh, six months to a year. Oh, um, you keep it super close. That's mean. No, it's not because it's it's if, if it's taking you more than a year, then it doesn't really matter to you one way. Or the Who
0: other. has time to catch stuff for
1: a year? Oh my gosh! I expected you, you to go twenty years.
0: you <laughs> no. just came
1: out a pandemic. Everyone has had the time to catch up. Oh my
0: gosh, Cassie, you
1: butcher! No, man, what? <laughs> that's not. I'm like, well, I'm like, what do you mean spoiling the joke? Yeah, like it's years.
0: No, the Joker's less than 10 years. That's That's the number I go by. I go by 10 years. Uh, outrageous. Let me see. Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yeah, actually- I think that's 2017-ish. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker talks about finding his Joker. Joker. When did this movie come out? Uh, 2019, 2020. 2019 film, yeah, so pretty recent. So I'm not gonna spoil any of it, but Heath Ledger's Joker. So Heath Ledger Joker. Let's see, that was the Dark Knight. Uh, Wikipedia, Dark Knight, 2008. So that's 13 years ago. So it's, that's the number. So the, for me, that's reasonable. Some people I have heard 20. I've had heard people say no, it's it's 15 or it's 17 or something like that for for short term cl- for something that's a classic. Uh anyway, the point I'm making, okay. Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker, he, there's a sequence where he's telling how he, some person how he got the scars on his face. And he's saying that his mother was p- feeling particularly vicious one day or something like this. I don't remember exactly what. But anyway, the point is he was telling this person how he got the scars on his face. And it seemed in the moment like he was telling the truth. And he was really telling this person how he really got the scars. And you go, Oh, that's how he really got the scars. And then later on in the movie, he's telling someone else how he got the scars. He's telling a different story. And it also seems true. And you go, Oh, this dude's nuts. <laughs> this dude yeah. is out. This dude is just doing carnage. He's just taking on the world and he doesn't he's Donald Trump. He's just just doing just doing dirt to do dirt and has no compass. Yeah. That's yeah. how I view Donald Trump uh, as as Ledger's Ledger's Joker. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah.
1: Yeah, I that. I, I drew that in my mind real quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, you're right. So you know, villains villains are you know usually one or the other. Um, and so you know, I say all that to say that yeah, Doctor Doom kind of always spoke to me um, from a younger from a younger standpoint. Yeah.
0: What others there must be others uh, other characters they don't have to be villains per se what other what other experiences did you had or did you have early on that enamored you to the comic book universe
1: um yeah, that's a great question um hmm. I always liked. I always like Captain America. Hmm. Captain America has always been one of my, one of my, uh, one of my favorites. Um, because he's like, you know, yes, he wears a flag on his chest, but he's like always been sort of like anti-establishment. Really? Um, How yeah. so? Like he's always, he's always the soldier when you need to be the soldier but he's not the soldier that's gonna follow every order to the t no questions um mm. uh, he's the soldier when you need the fight you know when the fight is happening but when we talk about the politics or uh you know like i said no question is asked he's like no 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 no. like you know why are we doing this or is this gonna benefit people that's gonna help people this Is it gonna hurt people mm. And I think that's always been powerful, considering that he wears a, the U.S. flag on his chest. So it's sort of like the antithesis. I, I feel like the U.S. flag sort of represents, at least in, in you know fictional stories, or maybe in, in real life as well, um, it sort of represents this sort of you know any means necessary, no questions asked. Da, da 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 da. And he's always been the one that is the you know has the super soldier serum. He is he is the, the quintessential super soldier. Physically, but he's always the one that's going to stop to ask the questions of, like, is this for the better? Is this for the the betterment of people? You know,
0: well, isn't isn't that part of being the super soldier? You said you said he's the super soldier, but he asked the question. I would only say, isn't the super soldier the one that also asked the questions?
1: No, I would argue no. I mean, if you look at the well in, in the comic book, at least I can't speak for, you know, but in the comic book world. They are always looking for the super soldier to be sort of like an an automaton, like a sort of like, you know, we point you in a direct, you're basically a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like, fictionally speaking, super soldiers are always, yeah, fictionally as if there's a non-fictional super soldier, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's always like, you're just sort of a weapon and we point you in the direction and you go, right? but he is as, as was in the thing that was the thing in the Captain America One movie where it's like are you a good man or a good soldier you know, either, you know we will you know they the, the country wants you to be a good soldier hmm. but I want you to be a good man yeah. you
2: know? Yes. because when you're
1: when you're a good man, when you're a good man those, quanti- those those qualities are quantified when you become a super soldier If you're a good soldier those same things are also quantified when you become a super soldier
0: what counts as a, what makes a man a good man in your definition?
1: Um, what makes a man a good man in my definition?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I would say, you know, obviously it, it's, a, it's a list of things, but just off the top of my head, completely unprepared. I would say, you know, you have to have uh, a value system that is, you know, morally sound with your community, whether that's your, you know, community back home where you grew up or your greater community as a member of, you know, society or, you know, what have you. Um, and sort of knowing, knowing having the judgment right you you have to you you know life life is about making judgment calls when it comes to just defining in terms of like being a good man or a bad man or a indifferent man right Mm, mm. Uh, and so it's about what do you do when you have to make these judgment calls um and where what's uh, what you know what side of the fence do you fall on um that, to me, is like what defines a good man. Do they, when they have to make those decisions, do they make those decisions selfishly? Do they make them selflessly? Do they make them with other people in mind? Now, you're um, talking
0: about some sort of third-party objective judge of the selfishness or the selflessness of those particular decisions, understanding that each person when they fall on one side of the fence for the other from their own perspective they're making the selfless decision No, nobody's making the this is just for me screw everybody else decision everybody everybody who makes a decision of any consequence rationalizes it as okay this is what i need to do in order so that i can be better in order so that i can help or so on and so forth right so the, there must be some third party involved in your understanding of a good person that judges how that person acts because like we said hitler thought he was a good guy
1: but obviously objectively he yeah. was not right i mean i i mean i think that's exactly it mm. to your example Hitler thought he was a good person but we're not you can't you can't self-judge yourself to say am i a good guy or not you mm. go, i think mm. i am you know what i mean i think i'm a good person you know i think i do the right thing but you have to sort of get that from your peers you know what i mean like what are know, some
0: what are some issues today where you've thought okay good people are on one side of this and
1: not good people are on the other what are some issues today where i thought good people were on one side of this and not good people on the other
0: mm. on on a, on a specific decision right i don't pin uh let's let me let me come up with an example. So. CRT, you brought it up. So CRT, is there a good stance to have on CRT and a bad one?
1: Well, um, is there a good or bad stance is dependent upon do you think that U.S. history could be taught to youth in its entirety? If you feel as though that it should, then the good stance would be that critical race theory is implemented into curriculums. If you feel as though it should not, then your stance is that, you know, maybe your know, your stance is that we should be selective in how we are teaching our children about U.S. history. See,
0: I disagree time. with that premise a bit. I don't think that history can be taught in its entirety. Any, every teaching of history will be a selective teaching. The question is, what are you selecting? Um... There's no way. You you can't tell the whole history of anything. Uh, There's too many details. And so you have to choose which details to to
1: include in your your narrative. History is obviously going to be in somewhat broad strokes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think think that race theory, my understanding of it, again, I'm not an expert in this matter. My understanding of it is a pretty damn broad stroke in terms of american history considering that american history is still considered modern history in every other part of the world so um it's not like we it's not like america has ancient history we're not old enough yet right so um i understand what you're saying in that even in american history which we would i would hopefully agree that it is still modern history you can't teach all of american history but they certainly do it pretty bad job of cramming our throats you know the boston tea party and you know the american revolution and the civil war and how they choose to tell that story or those stories um but that is being omitted i think that's the issue is that yeah you have to pick and you're and talking about specifically
0: public school
1: curriculum right well I guess for the sake of this argument, because private schools can choose their curriculum, mm. uh, even though they they even though they have to still teach a certain degree of. I mean, you're, you're study.
0: talking about public school curriculum as opposed to what NBC covers, or what the History Channel covers, or what oh, Discovery yeah, Channel. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you were saying that you think your understanding of CRT is that it's more or less just an increasing um presence of of black history in the
1: telling. Well and, uh, uh, more so that that's a little bit of an oversimplification. More yeah. of that, yes, more of black history, but also more understanding of how that black history directly correlates to how black people exist in today's society. Because here's the difference. When you talk about the history's perspective of it, you people like to skirt around and say, well, yeah, we talk about the Civil War, we talk about slavery, we talk about segregation, we talk about the Civil Rights Movement, and then it kind of tapers off, right? Um, it's more of a deeper, broader understanding of how all of those things, and, and even what came before that, now impact, to this day, people's love, people of color's Black specifically, black was it? (laughs) Black people of descent or whatever people of of African descent. Mm, Um, They are now, you know,
2: and that's I see. That's not
1: that's not my understanding
0: of CRT. So my understanding of CRT is the school of pseudo academia that. James Lindsay, Helen Pluckrose, and Peter Boghossian eviscerated with their work a couple years ago by showing that this this scholarship is not scholarship at all. Uh, it's just, it's it's activism masquerading as scholarship. Um, that's my understanding of CRT. Which is nothing <laughs> wrong, yeah, it's nothing wrong with being an activist, right? There's nothing wrong with, with saying, okay, black people and, and uh, gay people and marginalized people and trans people and Asian people and all the other people you want to talk about, the non-white people. They've all been marginalized for the history of this country and they need more of a voice now and history is, has been beating us down and we need to fight back. Okay, that's fine. That's activism. That's fine. Be that. But don't pretend to be doing scholarship when when you make those claims. Right? Just, um, yeah. Have you seen what, what uh, Boghossian, Pluckrose, and Lindsay did? no so what they did was they they read this this body of work that calls itself critical race theory Uh, a lot of the body not all maybe not all of it but enough of it to understand that there were a few assumed truths in this doctrine Uh, it's really a religious doctrine uh, largely and one of the assumed truths was that racism is everywhere everything is racism Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of was this interaction racist it's a matter of where was the racism in this interaction which is a changing of the frame that i disagree with wholeheartedly um but that that's one of the axioms that this body of thinking assumes and so you can write and they wrote a paper in which they talked about how something like dogs having anal sex are the result of the patriarchy and rape culture, something about dogs and rape culture. It was absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous what they wrote, intentionally ridiculous. But they used the phraseology such that it got published by uh, supposedly serious academics in this circle. And they just did it to show that this is not serious academics. It's activism. And there's nothing wrong with being an activist, but you can't claim to be academic. For instance, you cannot perpetrate this experiment in physics you can't do it there's no such thing as making up something and getting it published in the physics journal it's not possible uh and so that's that was their that was what they've gone out to show you know i'm not opposed to activism i am opposed to activism masquerading as academic as academics
1: that's fascinating um i don't know anything about that what you described i'm going to be completely honest um Mm -hmm. it sounds pretty off the wall my understanding um and again again i know i said it's never a sign i'm not an expert on critical race theory i have only been doing research in like literally the last couple of weeks um and very loose research at that my understanding of it is somewhat akin to what you're saying in the sense of it is a greater teaching i don't think it's a religious doctrine so there's no nothing being worshipped or anything like that but it is a greater the broader teaching of US history through the lens of just how ingrained racism has become to the point where things that you that are just you would think normal are not actually normal they've just been designed on an infrastructural level to be not in the favor of black people or people of color that's
0: see that would be the subject of of analysis right you want to you want to look in and you want to see where those things are true you want to find where there's some structure you know you, it, it, you don't have to look very far right you can look at uh or, or you do have to look far because racism wasn't a thing that people people haven't been proud of being racist for a long time so in the Separate but equal era. Yes, there was people who would just say, hey, we don't want to mix with black people because they're dirty, they're stupid, and we don't want to mix with them. They would just say that. And that was a reasonable stance to have for a lot of people in 1952. Uh, But it hasn't been that way for about 60 years. It hasn't been cool to be that way for about 50 years. Uh, But we still had redlining in the 80s. And so what you had was not a documented, hey, this is a anti-black, but it was more along the lines of, okay, you have to have a good credit score. You have to have uh, so much net worth, right? You have to have so what you have to have a grandfather who was here or something like this. And so the the those that was a way of keeping undesirables away from their group without saying they were undesirable simply on their skin color. Now we understand that those, I think we understand that those things happened that that's part of our history. I don't think we have to be critical grievance academics in order to make that claim. Um, but, and so what you want to look up is the Grievance Studies Affair uh, by Lindsay Rhodes and Boghossian, and that's where they that's where they went through this so-called scholarship, showing that this this isn't scholarship at this point. And that's not to say that you can't do the research. Uh, and, you know, this is how we know this. we know that inequality has been perpetuated since history. Uh, you don't have to you don't have to say that racism pervades everything to say that racism has done a lot of damage and is still doing it those those are separate things um, you don't have to say that racism is structural to say that races still have outcomes that are tied to the practice of slavery which is still isn't over um, that's, that's my stance on it
1: um yeah I mean I, I don't know it's one of those things that when you start down that that line of logic that you're describing Hmm. when you start down that to me it does one of two things or maybe both things it belittles the argument of the fact that these things are still going on today and it makes it so that by belittling it to say that you know this stuff is is or maybe it isn't still going on today it does not then arm because again the idea of this is to put it into school curriculum right so ideally it's aimed at the youth at as people are learning us as these kids are learning American history right it does not arm them with the truth it more still so arms them with the same bullshit that they've been fed that their parents are fed and their grandparents are fed that you know, Racism ended after the Civil War. Racism ended after segregation. Or racism ended when Barack Obama got elected. And that's simply not true. Um, and that's the my issue with when you start down that line of logic that you're saying of like, oh, it's activism. It's not scholarly. Whatever, whatever. It's like I don't think half the shit we learn in school is scholarly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just stuff that they they that that either will never really use, like geometry, or or you know. <laughs> Trigonometry, or it's the history that they want us to learn because it makes it it makes it seem like America isn't founded on murder (laughs) and 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 raping and pillaging, you know. Um, But you say
0: you say belittle, but that would mean so how am I I'm belittling it by saying prove it, right? All I'm saying is that if you're going to make make a claim about structural racism i want yeah. you to show me those structures don't just say that they're there and expect me to believe you show them to me Well,
1: is that not what it is entirely based upon i mean like you you yourself said like the stuff like the redlining things like that those have been proven
0: yeah but is is redlining structural racism i don't think those yes. are the same thing 100 i don't think they're 100 synonymous no i don't think so because structural yeah. racism the way that phrase is used today is so much larger than the act of redlining Redlining is a terrible thing. We all agree that that's happened. But structural racism is this big nebulous thing that people claim is out there.
1: Yeah, it it is a broader thing. You are right. But it it doesn't make the example any less than. It's just an example that we can point to. We can say, yes, this has been proven through research that this was done. And it started It is entirely rooted in racism. Because the other thing, when when you list the other things, people do what you do. They go, we'll prove it. It's like, well, yeah. Some of this stuff is either currently still being researched, or it's hard to prove, uh, you know, historically or statistically. That has been proven, and it's, it was it was racist. So, for, and when it comes to
0: people. when it comes to teaching the kids in public schools, um, well, I mean, uh, w- we might actually agree on this. So, public schools, it's my understanding, we're not designed to make people smart anyway. And so trying to trying to, yes. trying to to b- bolster the public schools so that they make people better citizens is a bit like trying to use a Band-Aid to stitch up a sprained ankle. It wasn't designed for that. What are you going to do to that Band-Aid to make it hold up your sprained ankle? You're going to have to do some incredible work to it because that's not what it was meant to do. So the public school system in the United States was not meant to make you... Proud, educated, participatory, resilient uh, dem- dem- participants in democracy. That's not what the American public school was designed to do, in my understanding. In my understanding, it was designed to make you smart enough to not break a machine when we tell you how to operate it. Um, and so, I'm yeah, I'm not even I'm not excited to put my kids in public school at all. Uh, I'm not sure that I am. I think I'm going to be going for private schools or or, or between a mix of private schools, tutors, and and home education. Uh, I just at this point in time, I do not have a lot of faith in the public school system. I went through it, and it damn near killed me.
1: Yeah, and and, and I I am more or less aligned with you in that in that particular sense because yes, yeah, I am a product of of a combination. You know, I went to a public school for like the first
0: public. Like, I should be clear, public elementary school. I went through a public university, and it was terrific. So yeah. <laughs> I uh,
1: I wouldn't yeah, draw really.
0: a distinction there.
1: Yes. I would also draw that distinction. Yes. No, I am a product of both. I went to public elementary school like K through four. And then no, that's not true. I went to a public I switched schools, but it was still public, but it was a better school. Mm. Uh, Because again, (laughs) racism, I was going to say, again, racism, because I went to a school that was on the south side of Chicago and it was not that good. Then I went to a school that was on the north side of Chicago. but,
0: But less racism and more the fact that schools are funded by the property taxes in that area would be part of this non-explicitly racist but still ultimately racist structure that yeah. you're saying exists right
1: yeah, I was, I was saying like, yeah no but still racist right exactly it is it is there, that's there, what there you would say
0: there. that's just to be clear i'm not saying that uh, i'm this is my stance on racism is this that we need to move from claiming for we need to separate racism into degrees so you know how you have first degree murder second degree murder third degree murder these sorts of things uh, not all murders first-degree but there is murder that's not first-degree murder so that's what I think right. about racism there's racism that's not first-degree racism but its still racism uh, and it's fine to call it that I think a good example is the woman who called the cops on the guys and Starbucks because they were just sitting there waiting for a friend and they got water and they didn't get coffee and she called the police on them uh, I think that's a good example of second-degree racism because in first-degree racism racism would be oh here are a couple of black guys let me call the police if she was thinking that if she was thinking here a couple of black guys let me call the police that's first degree but i don't think that's what she was thinking i think she couldn't tell if they were up to no good or not and her suspicions about them being up to no good even though they weren't in her conscious mind because of their skin color we all can see objectively It was because of their skin color right if there were a couple of white guys dressed the exact same way chances are you weren't going to call the police so we can all see that so that makes it second degree racism not first degree racism and so i think that this property tax issue that we're talking about from the schools uh, being funded by property taxes so that wealthy communities can have better funded schools and poor communities have underfunded schools and the cycle continues i think that's now been moved to the second degree racism because it's not explicitly Black kids not allowed, which was first degree racism that our that Dr. King and his ilk fought to eradicate.
1: But if you if you want to make that distinction mm. to to chop it up like murder, that's fine, I, I guess. But to what degree? Because you to further your example, different degrees of murder garner different degrees of prosecution, right? Yes, and so what i don't understand to whoever you're talking about racism i don't understand with your example okay so i don't think that she, you know so if this because i think what you were kind of describing earlier with unconscious bias um that's still yeah, racism
0: but, i mean all all bias is unconscious as far as i know if because if you're conscious of it it's not a bias it's just the way you think it's not a bias if it's not if it's conscious
1: so you're saying if it's conscious it's just a preference
0: yeah, yeah. If, if it's conscious, it's a preference. It's not bias. I mean, but you, people do. People are biased, but calling it unconscious bias is a uh, is a bit redundant to me.
1: Well, I mean, no. It's it's because there's a conscious. Yeah, like if it's consciously you're making a preference. You're saying I don't like black people.
0: But who's saying? <laughs> see, there aren't that many people saying
1: that right now. I don't think. I, I don't think there are that many people saying that. No. Hey, okay. Fine. I will give you there are not many people saying it because it is no, even even
0: thinking that even thinking that I think that's the wild minority. I'm not saying there's no one. Right. Of course, there are explicit, conscious first degree racists out there. Uh, I'm not saying there aren't. What I'm saying is that what we're dealing with in terms of the school, because because you wanted to say that going to the better school was an example of racism. And what I want to say is that going to the school is not an example of racism in the first degree. Going to the second, going to the better school was an example of a downstream effect of racism in the second degree.
1: Right. And, and okay. Well, I guess yes. It's so a minor distinction,
0: but it's something.
1: Right. It's but it's still it's still racism. And to to further that, I want to add something to that. Hmm. Not only is that a byproduct of racism. When I was still in elementary school age, in Chicago, they made a active push. So now, I don't know how it is in California, but now, generally speaking, across the country, you sort of go to school based off of the the schools in your like zip code or your area code or whatever,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: When I was very very young in Chicago, that was not the case. It was sort of like a you could kind of your kids could go to kind of any school you kind of wanted them to, as long as the public school bus either you you had to get them there or the public school buses ran to that your side of town right okay when i was as i was growing up chicago made an active change to remove that because you had people like myself where i lived on the southeast side of chicago and we were going to elementary schools that were far on the north side and so the the public school system was doing their their darndest to remove that and that i want to add to that is to me now I have nothing to support this. I am just I am just freeballing at this point. That is an added layer to your secondary racism where it's like, "Oh, so first of all, you 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 can't afford to live in this part of town where the schools are better or they have because you because you live here and because you make certain money, yeah. they are better access to education. But then you remove even the public school bussing to take these young kids from, you know, less desirable parts of town to the better schools uh-huh. in the other uh-huh. That's another. That's another thing where it's like, yes, I cannot prove it again. I'm not gonna sit here and try to prove it to you, but it's like that. You can't tell me that has nothing to do with some sort of internal, systematic type of racism. It might not be overt. It might not be saying, "Oh, we can't have these black kids going to school up north." But it's some sort of systematic type racism it has to be because otherwise it doesn't it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be it
0: very well might be i'm not saying that it's not but it doesn't have to be because i'm imagining let's imagine this let's say the city of chicago was faced with a budget shortfall they needed to figure out a way to cut their budget for the next year by $180,000. otherwise they wouldn't be able to pay um the pensions and the trash man and the police at the same time and so they need to find a way to save $180,000 and they found out that the busing company that they're using and the buses that they use could be swapped out for a different third party company or, or fewer or they could save a few routes if they just cut these couple of routes, then it would save that $180,000 but they would still get. 70 to 80 percent of the busing done. Very and so from their calculus, they go, okay, these are the most expensive buses, and these are the most expensive drivers, and these are the oldest buses, and they're the hardest to maintain. If we cut these routes and cut these buses, and also and have and also the schools get funding by having students and seats. And so these schools in these poorer communities are getting less money because their kids are going to other areas and so if these schools in these poor areas actually kept some of these kids that would now go to that school instead of the others they would gain more money by having more seats and so the schools would get a little bit of money the city would save a little bit of money it seems like a reasonable position let's go that way so if that's the case that's not racism at that point or maybe you want to call it third degree or or racism slaughter the equivalent of manslaughter where you kill somebody but you only intended to punch him in the face but you ended up pushing his nose into his brain and killed him right um, which is aggravated assault or something like this. So this is this is gets more removed from that first degree racism.
1: Right. So what you described is extremely layered. I will grant you that. And that's that is exactly how they try to rationalize it. Not rationalize, that's
0: real complex solutions. That's how solutions come about.
1: No. 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 That's how they rationalize it. Because they could very well take any amount of money from any of those other budgets, and we all know for a fact that they they the police budgets are overinflated and other budgets are overinflated. So no, it is a rationalization that they would take from the education budget of all the things. But anyway, that's not. The but point. is that the
0: point? You but you're saying that's racism.
1: Yes, because what I'm saying is, it adds to as they is that that's how they try to rationalize it. That is just basically exacerbating the already racist problem. By saying, oh, hey, we need to pull money to, to, from this budget or that budget. Okay, that's fine. That may not be racist. But what you are doing is you're exacerbating an already racist issue by saying, well, now these these kids from this one community can't go to the school in this other community. Like you're just exacerbating the already pre- issue that was present. It's already, it was already bad enough that these schools are bad where they live and they have to go – 30 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes, sometimes an hour to the other side of the city to go to a school where they can actually get a quality education. That's already bad enough. But now you're sort of exacerbating the issue by saying, ah, you know what, now even the public free the public schools, we're not going to give you that either. So it's like, yeah, if you don't want to call it racist, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you that. But mm-hmm. it is exacerbating a racist a racist infrastructure.
0: Now, there's, there's some point at which outcomes can't be aren't aren't gonna be so let's say let's say we have a race um, and there there's some people running a marathon it's a really long marathon and there's a group that's way in front and there's a group in the middle and there's a group in the back after people running this marathon for t- a couple decades every change you make will have a different effect on those groups every change you make to the track, Every change you make to the rules of the race, every change will have a different effect to the groups cuz the groups are in different positions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So let me ask you, at what point in America, what what type of decisions could be made that wouldn't be racist?
1: Uh I mean you have to be more that that, that that's an impossible question to answer. That's that's like I mean if if every look
0: if every decision That has a disproportionate impact on people in different positions is racist but every decision will have a different impact so what can we do that's not going to be called racist black americans have one-tenth the wealth of white americans so every Mm -hmm. decision that affects financial markets is racist because black people are nine-tenths behind that doesn't. That can't. That doesn't make. That doesn't add up. It can't. They yes. can't all be racist decisions because black people are behind. Black people are behind. Yep. That's a fact. And so the. Uh, so the, I'm asking, what what decisions can we make that wouldn't be racist decisions?
1: i I can't answer that but that that, that's there's too many things does it seem acceptable
0: to you that every possible decision that might affect financial markets simply because black people are behind every decision is now a racist decision because
1: black people are already behind the older I get, yes. If you had asked me that question ten years ago, I, may have, I might have. Every decision no. is a
0: racist decision, no matter the mind of the person who made it, no matter no matter the the analysis that they went through. Even if they're a black person, even if they're a Native American person, it's a racist decision because it affects finances, and black people are poorer right. than white. Yes, because that's not reasonable. Your, that's not reasonable analysis. To your example,
1: you let's go back to your marathon example, right? Mm, mm. I think that's a really. That's a really great example. It's been used before. Um, you're not the first person I've heard to use it. I think it's a really good example. If we talk about racism and advancement mm.
0: and across generations, huh? Across generations, racism and
1: advancement. The next thing I was going to say was generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a really good example. And what we cannot erase, what we cannot ignore, what we cannot omit which this is why, not to completely circle back, but to pardon circle back, this is why I do think why, again, the older I get, the more this goes on. I think critical race theory is important because what we like to do now is we like to omit the fact that in this grand multi-generational marathon, people of color, specifically descendants of African slaves, were not even allowed into the race for so long. So, Forget head start. We're not even talking about a head start. We're talking about the race has already run a few laps. Then people find out their race even exists. And then attempt to enter it with no shoes, with no understanding of the rules, with no training. And so there that's why I'm saying it's layered. It's not just a... Oh, the race started, and white folks got a head start. No, 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 no. That's just too far of an oversimplification. It's black people weren't even allowed on the track for so long. For no, so many
0: and then and then when we started running, they blew up. They blew us up when they when we started oh, running. Yeah. They started shooting us and, and yeah. hanging us from Most trees. Yeah. So One, I'm with you on the control. I'm with you on the analogy, but I'm what I'm saying is well, that yeah, I'm I'm asking right. at what point are are can decisions be made that aren't racist decisions ever i don't think they're never so you would you would see us you would see us then be permanently tied to racism as the central narrative for american present not history presence and future until that's a great question
1: until america and like germany did with 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 the nazi Mm. thing Mm. Until America can reconcile that, that is their greatest sin on a public and legal scale. I think yes, forever. Until America can do that, and well, that's, that's why not forever.
0: The- <laughs> that's not well, forever. Until then, until that point, until yeah, that point. yeah, That's not forever. So if they do that, I'm kind, I'm kind of in a similar boat. Uh, I would like to see the American federal government acknowledge the horror of chattel slavery uh, and at the same time while they acknowledge the horror of chattel slavery actually end the institution that'd be nice how about patch up the the loophole in the 13th amendment how about patch up that exemption um do that acknowledge slavery and pay reparations uh i'm i'm arguing for 3.8 trillion dollars over 10 years so that's ten thousand dollars to 38 million 38 million black uh, black descendants of slaves over 10 years yeah ten thousand dollars a year i think that's a reasonable number uh there are a lot of black people a lot of black people that i've talked to that say that number is not even close (laughs) okay that's fine i'm talking about a number that might actually happen though that's the difference
1: right you know, again, that's the you know we're going back to the very beginning of our conversation. That's one of those things where what you could do versus what you should do versus what you can do. And here's a, but here's another argument.
0: There's no amount of money that's going to that's going to completely ad, and and fully adequately address the horror and the pain and the legacy of slavery. There's no amount of money. So what I'm talking about is. Us as a country moving forward and trying our best to move forward by actually ending slavery, paying reparations, having the federal government acknowledge its horror. And then yeah. we get to move forward. Then we get to get on with the business uh, of judging people by their behaviors and not by their skin color, which is what Dr. King called for us to do.
1: Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, in, in that regard, what you just described, I agree with you have to start somewhere somewhere. I understand all the people that say and I and I am aligned with them that it is, it is an uncalculable number.
2: Mm.
1: <laughs> but you have to start somewhere. I do think that that would that would begin. That would begin the healing. We have see that's the problem is that like you said on a federal level we can't even begin the healing. Um we can't even begin to apologize to the descendants of African slaves. Mm. And so until that begins yeah, you know, there's nothing we can really do to to feel like slave not slavery but racism. Racism is starting to evaporate, you know. Well,
0: another thing is that so racism is not going to evaporate. Another another part of the uh, comparison yeah. to murder is that yeah. racism is like murder in that it's always going to be some level yeah. of it. So there's no society we're going to have where it's going to be, oh, right. this is a murder-free society. It's never going to happen.
1: Um, yeah. And you know, that's not what I meant. I meant more so what we were talking about—the the, mm. the, the structures that have set black people behind. And
0: that's the, and uh, that's why I call for the difference. You see, because that's part of the confusion. Is we want to we there's there's a definition of racism that is akin to murder, which is a component of every complex society that's going to be around in some extent. There's always going to be some people that hate others because of the color of their skin. Always. Uh, but then there's the Legacy and the shadow and the bruising left by chattel slavery in this country that was specifically done to dark skinned Africans uh, and their descendants for 400 years in the subsequent 180 cents or or 150 cents, however long it's been. Uh, And then there's that, right? And so to call both of those things slave, I mean, to call both of those things racism in one breath is to create a confusion. so we we can ad- we have to address this legacy of chattel slavery which is still on us right that's still on us we're still doing that um we're more closely related to the last slaves than the last slaves were to the first slaves we, so we're still there dealing with that uh, and that's and that and that's you know and i'm not for calling that structural racism i think that's a confusion i think that's a confusion and I'm for I'm for a little confusion. I'm not I'm not totally anti-confusion because uh I like ge- I like gender bending. I like gender bending. I think it's fun. Okay. In what regard? I like what it does I like what it forces us to do uh in terms of asking how we how are we supposed to behave towards a person? And the question that, that we have to ask is, is this person being civil and is this person being honest? And that component of the gender bending, I like, because that's what you have to ask. Right. When someone's on a, on a and we're talking about in a let's say on a, a hospital waiting room or, or in some sort of, you know, your dentist waiting room, if there's some dude or, or some some thank you lady. If there's some dude who is dressed like a lady or some lady who might be a dude or some lady who really looks a lot like a dude or whatever sort of mix you're imagining. If that makes you a little uncomfortable, fine. You have to ask the question, is this person being civil and are they being honest? Because ultimately that's what matters. So that part of it I like. There are parts of it that I disagree with, but that part of it I like.
1: Gender
0: bending? Yeah, gender bending. Yeah. Are you, oh, are you not hip to gender bending? I don't. Know. In what context? Uh, dude, looks like a lady. Um, cross-dressing, drag queen, transgender, gender fluidity. So you,
1: you're right, you're referring to transgendered and
0: pronouns and he's, all of it. He, all of it. The, I call it gender bending. That's what it is, isn't it? Isn't it blurring the lines? Gender is a construct.
1: I get it. gender bending to me is a, sort of an older term. Mm. So like from like. Early 2000s, so it's like when you brought it on, like, uh, in what sense? So, you know, to me, gender bending is like when you know, in the early 2000s, when girls would wear like you know, baggy guys' shorts or you know, pants. Oh, and-
0: no, 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 not that. That's a uh, that's just what it, that's clothing choice. No, I'm talking about the yeah. the deep stuff that we're dealing with now.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're talking about the greater. Sort of sexual orientation awakening that we're sort of going
2: through.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I so I say that to say sometimes confusion isn't always harmful. Uh, but in the case of of conflating the type of racism that's always going to be with us and the type of struggle uh, 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 and, uh, and the legacy of chattels of racist chattel slavery that we can address, conflating those things is harmful. So wait what does slavery have to do with gender uh the presence of confusion and how are people i'm for i'm against it in the case of slavery i'm for it a little bit in the case of the genders i like the i like the little bit of anarchy that that's throwing a little bit i'm i've got other ideas about gender and whatnot (laughs) it's not as simple as that i like it but i like that part of it
1: people being confused about what someone's
0: doing. Yeah, people people have to ask themselves saying, I don't know what this person is that I'm looking at. I legit don't know. Right? I'm looking at a person and I cannot tell whether they have a penis or ovaries or not. I just I legit right. can't tell. Cuz you know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter in the long in the ultimate. Are they being nice? Are they
1: being civil? That's what matters. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. Doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah. Um Google Stadia Is so uh, you know, excuse me for how I may sound. It's so kind of like like I am happy that he's playing it, but I feel like it's so lowbrow for me because it's just like oh no, no 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 serious gamer is gonna play Stadia, right? Yeah. So to me, you asking me does that have? I'm like I don't I don't have any clue.
0: True. (laughs) Let me I'm gonna look it up now. Let me see Stadia multiplayer. I guess it would make sense since it would make sense that it has multiplayer because. But I, but I mean do, multiplayer
1: be based upon like do they
0: both have to have Stadia accounts?
1: Right. Like, do you have the controllers? Do you have you know? Yeah. These, uh, you know, I I would be like, I wish we more had more of the uh, Oculus stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe. Uh,
0: it looks like it's a to play Stadia games. No, to play games on Stadia that support local multiplayer, link multiple Stadia controllers to a screen using the same linking code, so you can play local multiplayer on stadia you just have to have multiple stadia controllers and then use the same code so does that mean multiple stadia accounts i don't know i don't know
1: look how about this maybe i'll just bring my switch and we we'll play mario kart yes that. please
0: that'd be great do you have uh nintendo 64 controllers to go with it as well
1: no i have um i have my splitter if you have a gamecube controller i have that that's what
0: i meant to say gamecube controller
1: yeah now i only I only have my i'm I'll bring my one game you have to have you know you have we have to find the controllers but yeah I have that
0: okay okay, yeah bring that um yeah, just dominoes and and cards and i mean spades more specifically spades uh and I cigars and and I dig it man uh you know i at first I wanted the the boys to be there but uh, and I told you this over at brad's uh, you know that that went away. I said, you know what? I want to be able to say pussy and fuck and not get in trouble.
1: <laughs> At your own bachelor party. Yeah, yeah my I'm own like, bachelor yeah.
0: party. I want to be able to be vulgar. Thank
1: you. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm glad you decided to be, uh, make it a uh, adults only. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It would be awesome. I know this probably wouldn't be the best group for that, but just because it would be, you know, you and me will be in the same place for like 48 hours or whatever. Mm. It would be awesome if we could do like a D&D. Well, you have never played D&D yet, or have you played d and
0: I have played it. I'm not into it. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't float my boat um pretending without visual aid. Oh, um, yes, that's that's right. We talked about this. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't float my boat. Now, there are, interestingly, there are board games that really do up the, the D&D playing. They really give you a dungeon where you roll and you move your little piece around and, and then such and such that people can kind of make stuff up. And But then there are also little monsters that you roll and you roll what they roll and they're little hits and stuff. Uh, that I can get into. But without visual aid and with somebody uh, with somebody just coming up, whether I take damage or not, screw that. I'm so not into mm-hmm. that. You decide if I get damage or not isn't that isn't that how it happens don't doesn't the dungeon master just decide if your hit lands or not no 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 what because if you roll a if you roll a fifteen yeah. then is it a guaranteed hit do
1: they roll another dice right so the dungeon master all the dungeon master does is provide you the scenario um based on how you've built your character and based on if you have acquired, you know, better better armor or more armor or whatever, mm. different enemies different enemies are going to attack for I mean it's literally like a video game where it's mm. like you're going to have a certain amount of HP and a certain amount of armor and different enemies will also have varying amounts of attacks and strengths and so yes, yeah, so an enemy when you've come upon an enemy, the Dun- dungeon master is going to roll for that enemy to determine if they hit you or not. But it's not a guaranteed hit. If they like, if they roll a five and your armor class is eight, then no, they don't hit you.
2: Mm.
0: Okay, okay. Um, so I had a bad dungeon master uh, when I oh. played. It was several years ago, uh, and he was totally deciding whether we were taking damage or not. Uh, and uh-huh. so that was that was a terrible experience. So, now, he- hearing that there's a little bit more to that, uh, it's been, So I'm talking about 20 years ago, right? So, I'm not, <laughs> it's in a- I'm yeah. not talking about recently. It's been a long yeah. time. It's been a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, Yeah, I- I'm sorry you had a bad experience. Oh, yeah, no, that's not how I was supposed to go at all. Um, it is literally just like playing an RPG. It's just, you're doing it with your friends around a table. You know what I mean? Which, yes, there's not much visual aid, but, um It's clearly his RPG. There are some
0: dungeon, uh, some D&D players here in my apartment complex and I always see them. They're on the first floor and they like to play with their window open. And So I see them when I'm walking my dog. I couldn't do that, man. I could not live on the first floor with a window open. Uh, There are people here that just love it. Uh, There's a gaming couple that always have their window open. There's this guy that loves Captain America. He's got a big Captain America shield on his living room wall. His window's always open. I mean, I guess it's the only way to get fresh air, you know.
1: Right. I was talking to my girlfriend about that today, um because I was talking about like if we move out there. I kind of and what same thing I was talking to you about, right? Like like there's no AC, right? Um
0: I mean, there's AC in my apartment, but it's just it's a, it's a mine is a wall unit. Yeah.
1: One. Yeah. on. So, let me reframe that. There's no central air. There's no central, there's no air, central- air, no. And so I was just talking to my girlfriend about that today, same conversation I was having with you and Brad in the apartment the other day. It's like, but if you want, like, I understand that you don't need it because the air is always so mild and crisp, but that's the exact problem I have, is what you just described. It's like, yeah, but your window's always open. So people are hearing whatever the hell you have going on in your house.
0: Yes. I don't like it. Yes, that's my windows stay closed, and um my shades stay stay closed i don't want people looking on and i'm on and i'm on the second floor so that is like, it's it's even if i even open my windows it's not as bad but i still keep them closed because i don't want people looking in yeah. here
1: right i don't like that like, I, I i don't get me wrong i love the idea of not needing central air coming from living in chicago and living in nashville however the, the prospect of even when I was in Brad's apartment it's like well yeah anytime someone walks by walking their dog I'm hearing their whole conversation I don't want to yeah.
2: hear that shit mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Yep no I don't like it I don't speaking from now experience uh you know I'm 37 and we're trying for a kid and uh you know it's been some unsuccessful months and it's fr- it's scary It's scary hmm. uh being it Cause I want kids, and it's not guaranteed. It's not like you just say, "Okay, I want kids," and then in six months, and in six weeks, you're pregnant. It's not how it works. You have to try, because uh, there's only a five-five day window in which she's fertile, and so you really have to hit that five days. But even then, it's not guaranteed. Um, so it's it's a little bit of work trying to get pregnant. It's it's, it's, a pre- it's more work than I thought it was going to be. I tell you what. I tell you what, after after some unsuccessful months, I'm a little bit surprised, going, Oh, you mean this isn't the first time I try it works? I
2: thought
0: <laughs> I th- I thought it was literally gonna be, okay, I want to get pregnant now. Okay, we're pregnant. Okay, next thing. That's that's literally what I thought. I was not prepared yeah. for, okay, we're trying to get pregnant three months later, still trying. Not, you know, I was not prepared for this in any, in any. I, I wouldn't have imagined it. I wouldn't have imagined it. And so I say yeah. that to say starting sooner is better. Uh, I was looking at the woman, uh, oh a woman who lives just, uh, you know, she's a, an apartment kind of diagonal and down, not too far. But she's got what looks like a uh looks like maybe a five year old, a, a three year old and a baby. And she was just walking with the baby and she's got to be, tw- you know, twenty nine, thirty. Just a young, you know a young, young mother, uh, perfectly great woman. But I just saw her walking with her kids, and I was so envious. I was just so, I was just going, "Gosh, I wish," you know. "Gosh, I wish I had started then." "Gosh, I wish."
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm good on that. I'm good on that. You say that now. I don't think that, and obviously, yes, to your point. I say that now, unmarried and not wanting children as of right now. But um, I don't. I think even when I when I feel like I, I don't,
2: I'm just going to be honest with you.
1: There will never be a point I think where I'm going to like really want them. I think there'll be a point where it's kind of like okay, I'm ready to do this. But like I don't really want it. I just know that at some point I would like to be a father. You know what I mean? I know that sounds maybe counterintuitive.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I tell you, man. we you know we're we've been on the other side of this opposite side of this argument for years. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like I never, never once do I see someone go, man. I wish I had one of those. Like, no, I'm I wish,
0: good. Good. man. Oh gosh, I want him so bad. Yeah. I, I want to.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I, it's for me. It feels like uh, I kind of feel like LeBron without a championship. That's kind of how it feels. It feel. I feel. I feel like Michael without a ring. Right? How did Michael feel before he got the ring? That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh so there's just no stopping, right? The, this is there's no stopping now. We've got to put the work in now. Got to got to do it now and if you're surprised at how hard it is, so what? Keep going uh cuz you got to get the ring. And so that's yeah. I think I, I think I will very much consider my kids to be like championship rings. That sounds it sounds like a, a almost fitting analogy. Of course, they're much more precious than that, but
1: Yeah, I think for you that analogy fits. Mm. Analogy first,
0: that, what are um, they for you, if not championship rings? Oh, I mean just. What's your natural. analogy? What's your analogy for kids, if not championship rings?
1: You don't know? I don't got. Okay, don't reply. get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I don't. I for me, it is a uh, it is a natural part of life that I uh-huh. have to. I have to move on my 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 genome. <laughs> you don't have to.
2: Plenty of people I mean, don't. Yeah, I don't
1: I do. I mean, for me, my Mm. personal, my personal thing, I have to, I got to carry on the name, you know, I got to have a young, young Garden Gardner, the fourth at some point.
0: Nice. Definitely going to be the fourth.
1: Well, I mean, I I hope to have more than one son, but one of them, at least, hopefully. Mm. That's cool. Um, Yeah. Um, And so, you know, for me, it's a simple fact of, yeah, I, I, I. I want to be the main character of my story forever, but I know that's just not going to happen. And so, at some point, I will have to pass that 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 baton on to my offspring. And when it's time, it'll be time, you know. And it'll, and nothing—I'm sure it will bring me immense joy. Let me be clear, but it's not this. It it you know, like you said, we've always been the opposite side of this field. Because uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know that when it's my time, I'm mm. going to love it and I'm going to embrace it and I'm going to want to be the best father that I can be because I did not have that. Mm. But until it's that time, man, I'm trying to just enjoy life to the fullest, you know, without that, you know. So there's no going back, like you said, right? Once you get that ring, there's no going back. There is no life before, you know, back life back to what it was like before children. That's just not a reality.
0: Yes, but my so my disagreement with that is I don't think there can be anything as enjoying life to the fullest without kids. I just don't right. think I don't and think that's the fullest. I think that's I think right. you can have a full life
1: without kids, but I
0: don't think you can have the fullest life without kids.
1: And you might be right. You might be right. I'm not going to disagree with you. And my thing is until it's my time, I'm going to enjoy the fullest that I know it to be right now.
2: Mhm.
1: I get you. Mm-hmm. I get you. Gosh, I I just I get so excited,
0: man, thinking about, but uh, how I'm gonna think about how I'm gonna talk to them and and play with them and teach them and and, all, and protect them. I don't know. I don't know what all you do with kids. They say there's no manual, all the
1: so all the things. Yeah. That's, that's why. Besides, you know, it's all the things. There is no, though. That's, that's what I'm saying. There is no finite.
0: I'm not gonna put in- them in Compton public schools. I tell you that.
1: That's where they're yeah. not
0: going. It's all
1: you you will literally be their support system for 20
0: plus years. I like what Elon Musk said about teaching kids. He said we need to teach. So you you, when kids are very young, you teach them just general stuff, you know, uh, alphabet and words, just general literacy. Right. Uh, When they're very young. But then as they start to. 5th grade, 6th grade, 7th grade, right? Start to split into have little aptitudes where maybe they're better at this than other kids their age. You just let them progress on that. And you don't have them say okay, 8th grade ninth grade 10th grade with all the other kids your age you just let them go up in the skills of the things that they enjoy and that they're good at you just let them flourish in their own aptitude and you don't and you let them mesh with other people that are at that same level in that particular skill so just because a kid is 14 doesn't mean he needs to be doing mathematics with other 14-year-olds if he can do algebra at the 18-year-old level or 18 is calculus. So if he can do calculus at the 18-year-old level, uh, it doesn't matter what, what age he is. What matters what aptitude he is. And so having grades 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, he says all that is arbitrary and it's holding back a lot more kids uh, than than is helpful. Uh, and, I'm, yeah. and I like that.
1: Hmm. So yeah, man, I don't know see if
0: I can't find one of those tracks for my kid. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you, um, what would you say to the young person trying to make heads or tails of our situation here on this floating rock? Uh, what would you say mm-hmm. to them if you hadn't said it so far in closing? What do you what do you mean example? Just what what advice, or, or or ask it a different way, just to get a profound quote from you. So, what would Kassi in twenty twenty one? What would what would Kassi in twenty twenty one have said to Kassi in twenty in two thousand one? Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's a great question. That's a that's a really good question. Um, Kassi in twenty twenty one this this year of our lord Mm -hmm. um what i would say to 2001 me so what i'm i'm 32 now right so Mm -hmm. in 2001 i was what 12 2001 yeah 32 minus 20 Uh, is 12. yeah i was 12 years old so i was 2001 still in still elementary school Mm. um that's a little young. I wish I could I wish I would, I could more so talk to like high school, like end of high school me versus. What would like, you say to end of high school you? I would say um Man, that's such a great question. But it's like you want to be concise, but you also want to like fit the most like knowledge and wisdom, but you also don't want to be so cryptic where it's like what the hell did that even mean? Be cryptic. <laughs> no, no, because I don't like that. Mm. I don't like that shit. Mm. Do not be cryptic. Be very <laughs> do not leave it open to interpretation. If
0: the <laughs> windows very... if the windows fell by the evening, then one would yeah. know that the wind will lift
1: you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like I would I would tell young me, 2001 to 2005 me, um. nothing nothing is going to go how you expect it to or how you plan it to and knowing that um, because it's like you can't say like live every day like there's no tomorrow because obviously 2001 me there is a tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like nothing you Plan will go according. Therefore, have the most fun in your successes and your failures. Learn from them all and don't be afraid to take a leap, even when you're unsure where you land.
0: That's What's very it? specific, non cryptic, wise advice.
1: Yeah, I, I try not to not be cryptic, um. But yeah, that's what I would tell younger me. Yeah, I would tell younger me like, because I have a, I have a thing, man. Every nothing in my like life has gone according to anything that I personally have planned. Hmm. And I feel like younger me just kept trying to like force things into this this you know was it like square peg in a round hole and mm. like I want to plan it this and then like nothing ever went according to the plan that Mm. I set out for myself ever 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 even to this day so I would tell younger me to to, like screw that forget all that Um, you can plan a pretty picnic but you
0: can't predict the weather
1: exactly Um, I also was a not afraid of failure I was never afraid of failure but I let the fear of failure sometimes guide me or misguide me or make it so that i didn't take certain leaps you know what i mean Mm. um and so i would tell my younger self like nah man like take the take the leaps of faith do it you don't know where you're gonna land but everything will work out um just do that shit if it feels right do it um and then i would probably just add in like yeah if it doesn't bring you joy steer clear of it i would probably do that as well i would probably add that in you know I think that's a big a big thing of millennials. I think millennials are really heavy on like, does it bring you joy? If not, remove it from your life or don't put any energy into it, you know? I can dig it. The Marie
0: Kondo School of Philosophy. The Marie,
1: the Marie, thank, thank you, the Marie Kondo. I said that <laughs> earlier to my girlfriend. Like, she was like, what the hell is that from? <laughs> <laughs> like, like Marie, Marie Kondo. All right, the Marie Kondo. Like, I feel like that's so valuable. Because we, we I feel like sometimes we feel like obligated to do things, or like we should do this, or we should do that, or like our parents did this, so maybe we should do that. Mm. And it's like, screw, that. screw all that. If it doesn't bring you joy, screw it. Do what brings you joy. That's, it's, so that reminds me of the of the quest that uh,
0: Frederick Nietzsche, uh, the challenge that Frederick Nietzsche has laid down before us to become Laughing Lions, and what we celebrate in American culture this rugged individualism that can be found through largely personal enjoyment, specifically responsible personal enjoyment. And the responsible is an important modifier because there are plenty of ways for people to enjoy themselves irresponsibly there are plenty of ways for people to have an absolute ball while destroying their local environment their friends and family and community and making all that worse and just reaping chaos and having a great time doing it there are plenty of ways to do that Uh, but we're talking about find some way of enjoying yourself truly truly enjoying yourself truly enjoying the moment truly enjoying the 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 grind the the activity itself of whatever it is yeah. and have that thing be a constructive thing have it be building yeah. something creating something helping something and if you can find that path then walk it right and you should be and and you should be free to find it i hope you find it uh, it, it might not present to you immediately, but then find it and s- stick to it, go
1: with it uh the, the beat of your own drum they say, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, no i uh that's what I would tell that's that's what I would tell young me and 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 then and, and then fail to to kind of reiterate what you're saying, like fail forward, you know what mm. I mean mm. it's just it's just a different way of saying it, which is like fail forward, fail forward, keep doing it, keep trying different things, fail forward every time it doesn't work out, keep pushing to the next thing. Um I wish I would tell yeah younger me that. Um but yeah man, I uh I want to say thank you, you know. I've um I've been wanting to do a podcast for years now. And I'm happy to one do re- it. For one reason or another, either my own lack of just sitting down and making it happen or, you know, every time I'm like want to do it with someone, we just never make it a reality. Hmm. Um I want to do it for literally like five or six years now but this is the first time that I've like ever really really sat down and done it
0: you know what we Um, have to mention remember when we were walking in I think it was in Oakland and you and Lance were telling me about podcasts and I was saying they suck
1: yes (laughs) isn't that ironic I distinctively I distinctively remember that conversation yes because Yes, you—you you of all people were like that is stupid. I didn't I get want- it. I didn't get yeah. it. I wouldn't want to listen to anyone's podcast. I wouldn't want to be anyone. I was like, I was like, we should do one. You're like, I don't want to be on anyone's podcast. Nope. You were just missing. You negative nancy
0: <laughs> All right, so, so this is what it was to me it was contempt prior to investigation to me um, podcasts seem like a little bit of stupid radio that you had to go through extra steps for that was the way i categorized it in my head which is still accurate it is still a the, little bit of radio that you have to go through extra steps for but what radio. but the only thing that's changed is that it's not stupid it's actually smart <laughs> it's smart radio that you have to go through extra steps for yeah
1: no, I'm, I'm glad you actually. I, I remember that. I'm glad you brought that up. I remember that. I remember me and Lance were kind of like, yeah, yep. man, this is kind of cool, and you were just like, nope, 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 nope. So no. it is funny that you, all these all these years later, you are now decided to you know build your own, and you know, on, you know, gracious enough to have me be a part of it. Um and uh hopefully we can uh do it again man i hope it's not the i hope it's not the last one w. it
0: won't be it won't be i'm it's my pleasure to have you on really it is uh and we'll talk off the record soon and then we'll talk on the record and then we'll see each other later in the year and it's absolutely great yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, no this is good man and note note for next time hmm. we'll have to do it earlier
2: <laughs> earlier we'll in the day
0: yeah that was my that was my bad i got a I just got assigned. we actually had it booked for much earlier which was going to be great but then last night my team said hey this thing is due uh tomorrow and next week not just next week so i said oh okay <laughs> so i had to do a little bit of work this morning but uh yeah we'll do it earlier next time uh, but i appreciate it man it's, it's been absolute ball
1: yeah no thank you um I love you. We'll we will talk. Are we uh you go well you're not going to bed. I'm about to go to bed.
0: No, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna turn this off and probably play video games.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only like what eight o'clock there, right? Uh nine, nine forty three. Yeah. Um okay. All, All right. right, man. Well yeah, we will talk soon.
0: Who will? Love you, Cassie. i right, Love you too, man. Bye.